Welcome everyone to We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers the aftershock, and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host, Keith, and I'm joined by my Star Wars sidekick, who is always at my side, Hostway. Yes, and I can't wait to share um, the what else is I- I've been reading, which is technically what I have been reading, but we'll, we'll get to that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about some comics and everything, but we do have a very heavy news week, so let's get straight into the news. No delays. Uh, and I'd hate to do this, but we're going to start off with some sad stuff. Yeah. A couple of that sad ones, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, uh, we have a couple people passed away that I want to talk about. I want to start off with Ian McGinty. Uh, Ian McGinty is a, um, a cartoonist uh, that worked on a variety of boom style boom titles, including Adventure Time, um, Bravest Warriors, Bee and Pop, Puppy Cat. Oh, uh, God, really? Oh, my gosh. This is... Oh yeah. God, it's so sad. Uh, unfortunately, they did they did pass away of natural causes uh, at the age of thirty eight. Yes, um, however, there is some people that have attributed this to basically the what is widely known and unfortunately not talked about enough problem of the the life of a comic artist. There's not a lot of stability. There's not a lot of. Um, you're not paid fairly for the work you're doing. I'll just be flat yeah, out honest right. with it. And um, unfortunately, we did lose Ian. However, one thing I, I think that came out of it was a net positive, which is a lot of people going on Twitter using the hashtag comics broke me to give their stories about being an artist, being a creator in the comic book industry. And these stories are not being paid fairly. These stories of companies treating creators, treating the creatives terribly. And of course, it brought out some of the trolls, um, which you know acted like assholes, um, but they were easily ignored. Uh, overall, I think it was a, like a good experience for everybody to read what other people are going through and to hopefully may- know that we can help each other. We, I say it, not being a combo creator, um, but you know, as a community, being as positive as possible about it. And uh, yeah, it was really unfortunate um, that you know Ian yeah. was was lost, but. Yeah, I mean, just take care of yourselves. You know, I think that's Absolutely. the big thing. So, oh, I mean, I, you, you know me, just like a for sure a, a forever advocate to to uh, Invader Zim. But like, as much as I love uh, Summer Camp Ireland, like being Puppy Cat is no joke. One of those like really, really gems that we have out there right now. So that's just, <laughs> it's really, really sad. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate, you know, and unfortunately, the bad news does not stop. <laughs> Because next we're going to talk about um, the comic book artist, John Romita Sr., has passed away. Yeah, this one hurts a lot, too. I mean, he is the comic book artist. You know what I mean? Like, there's not really any other. <laughs> like, if you think of, of think of an artist of Spider-Man, it's him. The Gwen Stacy, the whole Gwen Stacy death storyline. Um, the shot of him leaving his suit in the garbage can. Like all these iconic things that people see when they think of Spider-Man, they introduced to Mary Jane, the whole, you just hit the jackpot. That's, that's him. Um, he did all these amazing Spider-Man moments that are still referenced constantly. Um, and he's just from everything I've seen, because I've done quite a bit of like research into like the early era of Marvel comics, being someone that's interested in this kind of historical stuff. And it seems like everybody has something negative to say about each other, except for John Romita. It doesn't seem like anyone disliked John Romita. And that's, you know, that says a lot. I've seen a lot of really great stories from people on their way up, you know, coming across John Romita 
and getting encouraged. And I, I just think like seems like he's such a great guy, and it's such a shame to actually uh, lose someone like that. So, um, did you want to add anything on that? I mean, I, I for, I for sure a true legend, like from the from the industry. Like so much is owed to him because of of his or his style is just like just referenced upon like it could have changed at any point but he made so many characters just like a staple he made such a genre a staple uh just for a first contribution so it's like yeah it's, it's one of those really, really sad ones but damn it a freaking legend yeah i was trying to find because there was a um i saw a story that i wanted to read from one of the uh creators but I'm not seeing it. I'm almost certain it was Chip Zdarsky. Mm. Um, about his early like interactions with him. Um, it, it's it's on his uh, newsletter. If you guys are interested, check it out. Because um, I'm pretty sure it was Zdarsky. And uh, yeah, it's just like everybody has a good story about him. And I mean, that's that right there is a good sign that you did. You know, you were doing the right thing. Like, yeah. Like everybody likes you, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, uh, it's it's just not. Oh, here it is. I actually found it. I'll read it real quick. Is it Chip? Um, yeah, it is Chip. Hmm. Uh, when I was 11 years old, Spider-Man got married. It was a big deal. The Silver Snail Comic Shop in Toronto had a huge event to celebrate, featuring a guy dressed as Spider-Man. But more importantly, they had John Romita Senior, the cover artist, the question or issuing question, doing a signing. Oh. Now, now I'm a sav- savvy 11 year old with great ideas, and I feel the art chops to become part of the Marvel bullpen. And John <laughs> Romita is their art director, so I take the, my best drawing of my original character, Unisquad, and lovingly staple it to a, a comic book backing board for optimum pro- professional presentation. <sighs> He's like, "Do you remember Firestorm, the superhero that two, had two people in one? Well, Unisquad was better because he had eight people in one." <laughs> He said, he's more powerful because he has eight men inside him. I told my surely concerned father. <laughs> <laughs> and his dad says, does he, does he want eight men inside of him? And then he goes, not always. <laughs> he, goes, <laughs> he said, I sighed, indicating that I thought through what would make Unisquad a true Marvel character, his internal conflict and reluctance of having all those men inside of him. Jesus. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut forward. So he comes up. Um, it's time to meet John Romita. And um, I quietly get him to sign my copies of the wedding issue. Then I surprise him with the greatest artwork he's ever seen. An artist, he proclaimed. Yes, sir. And this is your character? Yes, sir. He studied it very carefully. Good stuff. Thank you, sir. Then there was a weird pause. The pause that was supposed to be filled with him offering me a job. <laughs> is there anything else I could do for you? Uh, can, can you sign it? Another pause. Sure. And that's why I have a childhood drawing of mine that says, okay, good stuff, John Romita, 87. (laughs) Oh, what the (laughs) fuck? It's so good, right? (laughs) I read that story and immediately was like, well, I have to read that whole fucking thing on the show. (laughs) But yeah, just look around. It's not hard to find, you know, people talking about it. It's, there's been a lot of celebration of his life, which is always good to see when, you know, someone passes, but people can think about the really great stuff, you know? Right. So, which brings me to Jesus Christ. One final death. This one isn't comic related, but I would be a fucking mess if I did not mention this. Uh, we also lost author Cormac McCarthy um, at eight, age 89. Uh, everyone knows Cormac McCarthy. He wrote uh, No Country for Old Men. 
Oh, okay. He wrote The Road. He wrote All the Pretty Horses. Mm-hmm. Like, probably the biggest American author, <laughs> like, right now. Like, so it's insane that he that he passed away, like, th- within hours of John Romita. Like, it was a rough, rough weekend, <laughs> basically. So, um, but yeah, it's, 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 um, it's unfortunate to see him go. It, it's a, definitely a rough week for the literary world in general. So, but I had to give him a shout out, even though he's not a comic book creator. Um, so many people love his work. It just has to be mentioned. So, yeah. All right. A uh, couple independent news here. Uh, Oni Press has launched a Kickstarter page for The Sixth Gun Reborn from Cullen Bunn and Brian Hurt. This is the run that was originally published from 2010 to 2016, the Oni Press, and it's going to be the uh, creation. It's going to be the compilation of everything. Oh, cool. um, so if that's something you guys, I always have my eye on the Sixth Gun. So if that's something you guys want, you want to catch up on, yeah, that's something I might look at and see if I can get like a paperback version, something just so I can catch up, you know. Uh, next up, <laughs> Scott Hoffman, who's also known as Baby Daddy from the band Scissor Sisters. <laughs> is making his comics writing debut with a book called Nostalgia from Comixology. Uh, it's going to feature art from uh, Daniel Zizej and colors by Leela Fridge and letters by Steve Wands. It follows a rock star roughly based on his own life who sets off on a noir adventure after he receives a package from a mysterious stranger. And the last bit of indie news on this wrap-up here I have is uh, we do know that I Hate This Place number 10 will be the finale of the series. Okay. Um, and there is a CBR has a preview up, uh, just some art and stuff. I, I'm, I'm trying to look at it because I'm not caught up. Like there's, oh, there's yeah, one spoilers. issue before then, so I'm like, yeah, cool. A little one liner that's like an issue nine spoiler or something. Yeah, exactly. So trying to avoid it. <laughs> so yeah. Now we're gonna talk about the big news. So I read a book this week that Hostway did not read, and I'm having to spoil this before I actually review it to talk about this news because it's so great. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a book that came out this week from Image called Void Rivals. Mm-hmm. It's by Robert Kirkman. Oh, okay, this and, one, yeah. And we didn't know what it was. We just knew it was going to be like a sci-fi story. We didn't know the details of what it is. Mm-hmm. And halfway through the issue, we found out what it is. Okay. Because Skybound has obtained the Transformers and G.I. Joe license. Wait, what? Yes. This was a secret backdoor Transformers book. Wait, why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, there's okay, two, okay. <laughs> so there's two. There's two. These two aliens, uh, enemy aliens, are trapped on this like deserted planet. They're trying to get off. They find basically both their ships are destroyed, and they uh, they're trying to find a way to get off while tr- they're working together, but they hate each other at the same time, mm-hmm. and they. Um, they come across another crashed ship and they try to get get it working, and it turns out it's a transformer. It transforms and is like, "Where am I?" Like legitimate an Autobot. Yeah. It's Jetfire. What? Yeah. It transforms and it's like, "Where am I?" And they're like, "You're here." And he finds out that thousands of years have passed since he's crashed. Oh. And then he just immediately takes off. Like, and they're like, K. <laughs> like, it was really what? weird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so yeah, that happened. Um, this is going to be the Energon universe. Okay. Which is, which is 
a shared universe between Transformers and G.I. Joe. Oh, shit. Why does it <laughs> sound so fucking cool? <laughs> I know, right? Um, so... I've I've had I've had my extensive break from from Kirkman, and if he's playing with an IP, then like this is kind of safe. So, damn, this sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> so, in addition to Void Rivals, we're also getting a Transformers in name book, and I, from Image, yes, from from, from Skybound. Skybound. Now, I'm going to read this to you because if you're already kind of thinking about picking this up. You're probably going to go for this book instead. So, yeah. Void Rivals is Kirkman, right? Uh-huh. And we'll talk more on the creative team later. The actual Transformers title is written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> what the fuck? Yes. What? <laughs> yes. Very much so. That series will focus on both the Autobots and Decepticons crashing on Earth. Continuing their war there, the typical Transformers stuff that we would love. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's not like wait, Image like working with an uh, with an IP like they just have like their their own titles like create their own IPs. Yeah. Are their own IPs like oh, this is so fucking cool. Yeah, it's Kirkman, dude. Kirkman, <laughs> like say what yeah, you I'm will. Really I'm really glad. <laughs> I've had my break from him, and this seems like yeah, the appropriate time to come back. <laughs> the GI Joe side of things. Oh yeah. Is gonna it's gonna be a series of mini series at first. Mm-hmm. The first one is for Duke, uh-huh. and it's gonna be written by Joshua Williamson. Oh shit! <laughs> and drawn by Tom Riley. Where It'll be the one? first uh, uh, Ant Man mm-hmm. uh, okay. thing. Yeah, um, that'll be the first of four limited series set within the Energon universe. The second is Cobra Commander. Sick. Is going to get a mini, also written by Joshua Williamson with art by Andrea Milana, who I'm not too familiar with. Oh, man, just so, crank up the darkness because like, he can. It's good. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Now, the other fun thing is that there's a book that's been going forever called G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. It started in Marvel in 1982. Oh, shit. And it was started by Larry Hama. Mm. He wrote it until the book was canceled in 94. Oh, shit. The rights were bought up by IDW, and they restarted the series in 2010 and just brought Larry Hama back. Oh, sick. And so Larry Hama handled that book until IDW lost the rights last year. Now, Skybound has the rights, and guess what? Really? They're going to be bringing Larry Hama back. That's so sick. Oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. He's been writing this book since 1982, which is fantastic. In different directions, but it's like he would be like, I mean, and he's like the only voice that would just could take it in whatever like they're being asked of, of him. <laughs> that's so sick. <laughs> I, I remember reading some 80s Larry Hama mm-hmm. and like G.I. Joe really liking it. I remember thinking it was really cool as shit. Nice. Like, so, yeah, that that's cool. I just love that. Like, I just fucking bring it back. So I think really he's just like, that. and every now and then I have to mention the Transformers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's all I got for indie news. So I want to start talking about some DC stuff. Not a ton of DC comic news, but I do have some DC news. Mm-hmm. The one bit of DC comic news I do have is a new announcement of a Black Label series. Mm. It's called Batman Gargoyle of Gotham. Oh, I did see this. Yeah, it's going to be a world uh, on the. It's written and art drawn by Rafael Grampa. Yeah, um, 
where it's going to be a version of Gotham City where Bruce Wayne kills his public self off and he's just Batman full time. Mm-hmm. Wh- which is kind of a cool idea. Um, I might pl- I might read it. I might just read it. I don't know. I'm not, you know, I'm not big on Batman. Yeah. But it's a cool concept. And I like the artist who did Berserker, um, which I didn't like Berserker, but I liked his art. So we'll see. I think that sounds kind of cool. Plus, Black Label it might get kind of dark. I might like that. So yeah, I'm curious how to play because like, it could just like easily just like the slippery slope that it could just be um, Dark Knight Returns dark. Dark right. Batman that's only focused on being Batman. But I'm wondering is like the, the, he could also just like know that that would be the case and it could be something completely different um but yeah I, i'm curious on this one too the title of it gargoyle of gotham has me intrigued i know it's such a good name especially from an artist it's gonna like i, I have a feeling he had these visuals in mind and then named it you know what sure. i mean like, yeah. So, yeah that's cool okay some more dc news this is all tv and movie news first of all james gunn has confirmed that the director of the flash Andy Muschietti is going to be directing The Brave and the Bold. I saw that. Yep. Um, that's cool, I guess. Um, I'm not going to watch The Flash, so. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to have to, like, yeah. Hopefully, this one won't have Ezra Miller in it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, we'll see. Um, that's interesting, though. Mm hmm. And, 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 like, very, like, pre, like, review heavy for the flash too like usually news like this will come like after the movie's like kind of looking like it's doing okay like they'll drop something like this but this is like right before like the movie i mean like the movie is out now but it was like right before this like yeah. it was not move it is interesting though because especially because he was brought in before james gunn took over so oh, yeah james gunn isn't just doing a clean sleep he's not getting rid of everybody you know mm-hmm. he's actually keeping people so that's interesting the other bit of dc news is cw related uh, it was time for renewals, and everybody was saying there's two DC shows left, Gotham Knights and Superman and Lois. Oh, gosh. And they don't think w- both of them are making it. No, I, I, I hear I hear a lot of love from Superman and Lois, but Gotham Knights, like, yeah, I don't know about that one. So one got canceled. Oh, no. It's Gotham Knights. Okay. Gotham Knights was canceled. And there are a lot of people who love this show. I mean, no. There are some people that love this show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, and I do get that there's a lot of positive uh, representation, mm-hmm. which I love. I love that. That's good. I've negative interest in this show. Yeah, it's such a weird way to do it. <laughs> like, it's so odd. Like the the more I read into it, the more I was just like, oh, you just call it something else. Like, <laughs> yeah, it didn't. It didn't even need to be DC related. It had nothing no. to do with it. Like, <laughs> Like, you have a bat family, mm-hmm. and you're not going to use any of them. And you're going <laughs> like, to make the main character a new, new, new central character to the yeah. bat family. Like, no, I'm sorry, but no, it's, it's already too big. I don't understand why DC has given TV shows to, like, Commissioner Gordon before he was a commissioner, <laughs> Alfred, and now brand new characters, mm-hmm. but not a single Robin has appeared in a movie. <laughs> Not a single Batman lately, lately in this decade, in these decades. Yeah, since Chris O'Donnell was the last Batman on the television. Yes, yeah, so for two decades thing. we haven't had a Robin. Yeah, we haven't had a Batgirl because even when they made a Batgirl movie, they didn't release it. <laughs> yeah, but we have to get these randos. I, I don't want to get into a, a rant about it, but 
but I, I, actually, I tweeted from the We Have Issues account, thank God. And then I was like, that's mean. Some people like this, and I erased the tweet. Okay, yeah. But my personal opinion, thank God. Like, yes, very much so. Um, so Superman and Lois has been renewed, which is great because even though people don't acknowledge it, it is part of the Arrowverse. So the Arrowverse <laughs> lives on. <laughs> so, um, however, there was a pretty big shakeup in that they did, they're shaking up the cast really quick. They're mm-hmm. cutting a bunch of season or series regulars. Oh. Including the performers that play uh, General Lane, Lana Lang, Kyle Cortez, Sarah Cortez, John Henry Irons, yes, Steele, yeah. Natalie Irons, and Chrissy Beppo have all been cut. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of the world building. Like, damn. Yeah, so that's going to be really interesting. But they did add Michael Cudlitz, who we might know from Walking Dead. He was uh, Abraham. Okay. So I don't oh, know nice. who I don't know who he's going to play yet. So we'll see. But yeah, so we still have one DC show on the CW. That's cool. <laughs> I guess it's the one I'd like of the two of them. Yeah, for sure. Plus, Melissa Benoist can show up at Supergirl anytime, so that's always a positive <laughs> for me. That's true. At least, at least they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's it for DC. Ready to talk about Marvel? Uh, Marvel Zombies is getting a new anthology. Sick. Uh, getting the black white and blood anthology format oh get the fuck out okay that's that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah it's a great idea it'll be come out uh, it'll be launching uh a week before halloween so it's kind of perfect timing oh nice and yeah it's just an anthology series which i think is the best way to do marvel zombies seriously i mean this would this would have been what the it would have been marvel zombies six i know there's at least five i yeah. never followed up with six maybe seven well the but... last one was resurrection so it's hard to keep track with numbers oh you know? gosh like, yeah yeah. You're right. Um, well, we'll have to look it up later. Now I'm kind of curious, but to make this next installment in anthology, actually, hell yes. Like again, like world building because it was it was an easy idea to just like follow through with it um, and just get dark with it. And again, it was fun for the first two. After that, if you're just a fan, you're you're a fan of the genre. Um, but yeah, but then this anthology in Red Rider and, uh, and Blood or the Red show that they do. These are hella fucking cool, and I know they're gonna hella hella push them. Yeah, we do have notes of the stories in the first issue. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna do these in reverse order, just for reveal's sake. Okay. Uh, there's gonna be a Moon Knight story. Awesome. W- written by Ashley Allen with artist Justin Mason. That's gonna explore how Konshu deals with protecting his avatar on Earth when Earth, the Earth becomes overrun <gasps> by zombies. Oh my god, this Mark Spector is just brutally insane because he just can't die. <laughs> <laughs> the second story is written by Alex Segura with art by Javier Fernandez and it's a spotlight on Spider-Man having to deal with all of his loved ones becoming zombies. Oh God, his opener is classic. His opener on when he makes it back home. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and then this is actually the first story listed, but I saved it for last. Uh, I'll give you the description. Zombie Matt Murdock deals with all the sins he has committed as a zombie over the years. Oh, this is awesome. Oh, it's better. <laughs> Art is going to be written by Rachel Stott, and it's going to be written by Garth Ennis. Ooh, <laughs> that's going to be dark as fuck. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take I'll take me some Garth for sure uh, on on Murdoch for He's sure. He's kind of perfect for a zombie story, you for, know. For I mean? a zombie and for for a Matthew, because I, I mean, obviously he did like his his classic Punisher, but to dip on the fucking on on the red horns, like dude, and like in this way, like I'm so fucking ready. Yeah, definitely so. 
Um, next up is uh, Silver Surfer and um, Legacy, which is Marvel's son, are going to have oh. a new miniseries after Warlock Rebirth. Ooh, okay. And it's called Silver Surfer Rebirth Legacy, with the two of them teaming up. Written by Ron Mars and art by Ron Lim. I just thought I'd throw that in there because I am reading um, Warlock Rebirth. Uh, so, yes. really interesting. Uh, and then two big announcements, one of which Josue told me about. I'll save that for last, though. Oh, um, we have the announcement of Avengers Inc., a oh, new series God. from Al Ewing that, that sees the Wasp and Vision solving mysteries around the globe. As Josue put it, their answer to Human Target. <laughs> they needed to, because, like, hey, holy fuck. I, I mean, I didn't read Human Target, but, like, you weren't the only person that was just, like, their teeth sunking into this book from like also from like a, a varied of different styles of, of likes of people. Uh, though I did always like, of course, love hearing you talk about it like every time it came out. But this is, <laughs> this is like, that was like my first thought. I was like, they, they needed an answer, and this sounds hella fucking cool. Yeah. I love Vision. I love Wasp. It looks great. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm definitely on board. So, but that leads me to the other one, which. This week, we're going to be talking about the finale of Captain Marvel. Kelly mm. saying goodbye to Captain Marvel in just great fashion. I will talk about that later. Oh. But Captain Marvel's getting a new costume for her new upcoming series. It's awesome. And not only is it an upcoming series, first of all, the costume kicks ass. It's so bad. That jacket. It's the season mm. of jackets. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, however, this new series has art from John Bazadua, who is one of the better Stormbreakers we've gotten in years, and nice. he's just doing really great work. Um, but it's going to be written by one of my favorites, Alyssa Wong. Dude, the, the right moves she's been pulling, and then to just get, like, what what what, what a great position for her on this one. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of Alyssa's. Uh, they're really great on Dr. Afra and uh, recently Spirit World um Deadpool. just yeah like yeah i love everything Alyssa does. she hasn't she hasn't <laughs> missed and like and nothing that she's done that's like that wouldn't be a hit is not a mid either it's just like it'll be up there yeah no big fan of Alyssa's. i i think i think it's a great team a great creative team and i think that they are going to be the best possible writer to maintain my interest that marvel has access to right now nice. i was trying to think of if there was anyone better than Alyssa, and i don't think that anyone could beat them i mean yeah they're writers but then like but to keep it interesting it's like yo like it's, it's like sometimes you're excited because like yo that's a flavor i didn't think about to for for this character and it's like and this sounds super interesting i would love to 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 jump on this one as well to, to make this one my my jumping on point as well would be for Alyssa. Mm -hmm. Just having a, a non-man is always, to me, a very important with Captain Marvel. Absolutely. So, yeah, having having Alyssa do it, I think, is a great choice. Uh, probably, almost certainly, the first non-binary person to write Captain Marvel, I would say. I would believe so. I believe it. So, yeah. I, I can't think of anybody else. <laughs> like, yeah, so, love it. Can't wait. So, that's it for the news, unless you got anything else for me. Um, I haven't seen it again yet, but... Spider-Man across the universe, across the Spider Verse continues to be awesome in my head. Oh yeah, it's fantastic to watch it. It's, it's just we nerded out over some concept art last yeah. night. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, great. Well, let's talk about some comics. And always, we don't start with things; we start with Booms. Boom Studios. 
Uh, so heads up, we only have five publishers this week. Not a lot of indie books. Uh, so we'll get through this quick and easy. Ghost Lore, number two. Uh, when we took our week off, I did not get to review Ghost Lore, number one. Nice. So I'm just going to quickly do them both. Yes, sir, hit me. Uh, Sorry, he looks like he looks like such a David Tennant esque person <laughs> in that pose. Yeah, he's a little scruffier, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, written by Colin Bunn, illustrated by Leo Max, colored by Jason Wardy, and letter by Duke Char. Um, the first issue kind of sets up a premise, and it's it's funny because this is okay. Look, just look at this shit. Oh, sick! <laughs> so basically, there's. There's these people when they die, their spirits can't pass on until they tell someone their story. Basically, it's the idea. Oh, this family gets in a car wreck. The girl can see these ghosts. Mm-hmm. They get in the car wreck, and the mother and the brother die, but the dad doesn't realize it right away. Oh, and they have to tell the daughter their stories before they can pass on. Oh shit! It becomes a whole thing. It's really interesting. And really weird and grim and dark, and I really like it. Issue two, I will just simply say, builds on it. It's just been, it was really good. There's a lot of really vivid imagery and a lot of crazy, like body horror. You saw that one. Here's this. Oh my god, so cool. Yeah, like it's just chock full of shit like that. Sorry, it's like you made me like relive like that that feeling when I'm driving the car and like you you've been on autopilot. And you're like, holy yeah. shit, did I crash and I've just been on ghostly <laughs> autopilot? I just don't know. <laughs> no one's told me. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's really good, though. I really like it. So I highly recommend it. I will be keeping up with it as we go. So I just nice. wanted to make sure I give both of them a quick review. So The only other boom book I have is the new Magic the Gathering book, Planeswalker's Noble. Uh, it's oh. two quick one-shots from the Magic universe. I think they're doing like one-shots while they kind of decide what they want to do next. Because mm-hmm. uh, the last one was such a great run, I think they wanted to like take their time. Bring my dragon boy, Sarkin. <laughs> so this has uh, two stories. The first one's written by Dan Warren and Dave Raposa, art by Leah Caballero and letter or colored by Raul and Gulo. The second one is written by Stephanie Williams, art by Alberto Locatelli and, Ari- and colors by Ariana Consoni. All of it letter by Ed Dukeshire. The first one is a team up between Raul Zarek. Karn, and I actually don't know. There's a goblin planeswalker. Oh, cool. Finally. I don't, I don't know their name, but they team up, basically. Yo, goblin decks are no joke. Goblin decks are sleeper decks. Oh, yeah. I used to have a really hardcore goblin deck. They're fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but basically, long story short, Raul Zarek is wants to marry his boyfriend, which we know happens because it happened in the comics. <laughs> um, and he wants to get basically... His boyfriend has this story that he loves about these two doomed lovers. And Raul finds out, oh, it's a real story. And they have real engagement rings. They're cursed. I'm going to get those. Those will be our rings. Great idea, (laughs) Raul. So so long story short, they end up doing that. Uh, They're cursed. And they have to remove remove the curse and basically, you know, give them up. So it's just kind of like a fun story. And just it's pride. And it's great to see a story that ends like this. So hooray. Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. The second story is uh jace and vraska and Ooh. just just them being badass pirates is all oh, I really need to say. oh with stephanie i'd fucking buy this shit i i, I should put them up in my folder yeah it's a lot of fun um they it's it's just the two of them because you know jace was just resurrected after the last uh crossover so now they're off on their own doing their own thing and it's just really cool 
Now, the next one shot is going to be called Magic Planeswalkers Notorious. And there's a couple people on the cover, but predominantly up top is your girl. Oh, fuck yeah, Liliana. So, so yeah. Also, shout out to Stephanie Williams. Come back for more A Man Among You. I missed that book. Oh, yeah. Pirate Adventures. No, Stephanie Phillips. Stephanie Phillips. Phillips, okay. Stephanie Williams and Nubia. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn these which we, which we also love for the record. It's <laughs> the L's. I know, right? No, we got both of those books at the same time, and I made that the exact same mistake. Mm-hmm. I actually tagged the mm-hmm. wrong one once. <laughs> so, it happens. So It's the pirate story. Yeah. <laughs> I always remember because we interviewed Phillips. So, right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next up is Vault Comics. And uh, yeah, we got a couple books this week. Uh, did you get a chance to check either of these? I didn't ask. No, I haven't. We have a digital copy of Queen of Swords to read, so yeah. Once you catch up with Barbaric. Queen of Swords number one. Spoilers of who the team is. <laughs> so badass. That's so fucking badass. <laughs> yeah. Um I really like this book. It's so good. Um it spins directly out of Barbaric, okay? Mm-hmm. And it it features Deadheart, Sarah, and Ka. And they um they're on a mission together to um i don't want to tell you because you haven't read barbaric they're they're sent on a mission together (laughs) uh the three of them which is cool because they're kind of like the side characters of the whole story yeah but so they're like their own little weird adventuring party now Mm -hmm. and uh but it's really really cool and there's like the dynamic and again this is the one where she has like a chauvinistic sword (laughs) yes and because i've read barbaric i know why it's a chauvinist oh (laughs) And so, like, there's a lot of little stuff like that, and he is fantastic, like, because it's Dead Heart. He's talking shit to Dead Heart. She has no patience for that shit. So, <laughs> like, it's really good. I really highly recommend it. Um, and it's it's the same creative team, um, or not not the exact same creative team. Um, Michael Marici is still the one uh, in charge of the the writing, mm-hmm. but I, I'm actually because I already have mine sealed in a in wrapping so I don't want to bust it out so I'm just googling real quick <laughs> I do miss the hell out of this book it's been fun it's um uh Michael Marichi and Nathan Gooden but with Corn Howell oh what the fuck yeah. yes yeah uh, shadow uh, service yeah exactly um KJ Diaz and um Jim Campbell so yeah but yeah, yeah dude, well, this is an excellent book already. God damn, what a great, what, what a great vault team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, definitely worth the pickup. I really, really liked it. And the other vault book I got this week is the nasty number three. <laughs> I need I've to know. Lo- I've loved this book so much. <laughs> I need to know: is this kid batshit crazy? No. What? <laughs> so we discovered in the last issue, which I did not get to review because that was the week we took off. Oh, yeah. Let me do the creative team for this one. Sure. Probably. Yes. Story by John Lee's, art by Adam Cahoon. Closed by Kurt Michael Russell, letter by Jim Campbell. I also have to point out that since we're not getting many Aftershocks books lately, this with the folds and stuff is one yeah. of my favorite fucking like credit pages now. It's a good touch. I love that idea. So this kid, as you guys might remember, he had him and his friends are addicted to to horror movies. And specifically video nasties. Yeah. And his his imaginary friend is is a slasher villain. Uh and he um <laughs> Uh, at the end of the first issue, which Josue has read, we find out that his imaginary friend is a little less than imaginary than we thought. Red in this can actually impact things around him. And uh, th- 
but it's funny because that's not the story. The story isn't about how this murderer can actually kill people. It's very strange. The story is that their local um, horror or their local video rental place is going out of business, and they got a copy of the scariest movie ever made, and it it messed up in their VHS, the VCR. So they're like, "Oh crap." We we're going to sell tickets and try to save the place by selling tickets so everybody could watch this. So his solution in issue two is, let's make our own movie and pretend it was that movie because no one's ever actually seen this movie. So he decides to make their own movie. And the hook is, he reveals to them all that Red Ennis exists, this serial killer imagination thing he has. Oh, shit. And when, when Red Ennis hurts you or kills you, you heal right away. What? Like, it happens. It's very realistic. But then you're just okay afterwards. And the repercussions of this have not been explored yet, and should be. But they have not been. Like, so, I've only read the first issue, so when you threw that brick in the car and it crashed into the pool, we haven't... They're supposed to be okay? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, like, there's this moment... In this issue, it, it, it's a lot more brutal in the last issue. Uh huh. But there is a moment in this one where he he basically rips the dude's arm off that's supposed to be in the movie, and he's like, "Holy fuck! This what the fuck?" He's like, "Trust me, it's not real." And they're filming it. He's like, "This doesn't make any sense." And then his arm is back, and he's like, "What the hell? How? What?" He's like, "How'd you do that?" He's like, "Oh, it's just movie magic." He's like, "Fucking bullshit! I lost my arm. That's not how it works." <laughs> and he, he's just and we he, fixed it in post. <laughs> He makes a note that, like, it still feels a little weird. Ooh. Like, it feels a little off. So I'm like, ooh, is what we have it in here. So they're basically going to make a really realistic horror film because Red Innis could actually kill people without consequences. That's so dope. But what? But what's going to happen? Excellent question. And then there's a lurking presence of a bad guy, which is somebody who is trying to get all the video nasties canceled and trying to, like, take a very religious turn Mm -hmm. and uh i don't know the details of that character yet so i'm not gonna jump into it but really really interesting i know they are more than they appear because they have a very sinister reveal Uh uh-huh someone someone gives them a copy of a film called death piss (laughs) and they uh (laughs) this is what they do to it wait what they eat it. <laughs> so I don't know what that's going to mean in the long run. So we'll see. But it's really cool. I really like this book because it's equal parts like horror thriller and equal parts like the Goonies. <laughs> like it's great. Like amazing combination. So, uh, but that's all I got from vault. I'm about to move on to image. Image comics. Uh, first of all, Monarch number five, uh, Pull this up here. Creative team is in the back, isn't it? Probably. Uh, so, Monarch number five, written by Rodney Barnes, art by Alex Lenz, colored by Louis, Louis NCT, colors by Mal Silvestre um, Galato, and letter by Marshall Dillon. It's the one about the young boy that was actually an alien who was sent in as a spy from an alien race that was invading. Um, they end up, uh, like, he ends up basically taking the human side in this issue. And basically trying to stop the bad guys. Uh, they declare him a traitor and such. So he's him and his people are trying to like fight off these aliens. And it's uh, it's really good. 
in the end, there is a um, moment of uh, like where you're like, okay, what are they doing? This is really cool. But then at the end, it's like there's another like very minor bad guy, like a human that we completely forgot about for like an issue and a half. And he shows up right at the end. He's like, Evelyn says, I bet you forgot about me or something like that. So he's definitely going to complicate everything. But it's been really good. It, I like the exploration of this like young man who um, who is from another planet, but grew to love this planet and is defending it now. And I think it's really cool. So really enjoying it. I also want to mention uh, Something Epic by Simon Krasinski. I have issue one and two. I just haven't had a chance to read it yet. So I do have that as well. <laughs> so, all right. My next image book is the aforementioned Void Rivals. Void yes. Rivals number one. So wait, let me let, b- b- wait. Wait, hold on. Bring up the cover again. Okay. It's there's no such reveal for Transformers, is there? Because it was a surprise. That's so dope. That's so god. I I, I need this in my hands. <laughs> Written by Robert Kirkman. Art by Lorenzo De Felici, uh, who did Invincible, right? Yeah, wait, wait for coloring or art? Because art. No, that was uh, Ryan Otley. But not uh, not the entire run. Oh, Lorenzo, I mean, that, Lor- that much I don't know. I know it was, I Ryan Otley was the main guy. Kirkman worked with Lorenzo on something. I can't remember what it was, but I have to look. Um, Lorenzo De Felici, colored by Matthias Lopes and lettered by Russ Wooten. So yeah, literally they just I, I kind of described it earlier, but um, it's these two aliens. They're these warring clans who hate each other, and they have all these rules. They can't know each other's names. You can't breathe the same air. They don't take their masks off in front of each other. It's against the rules and all this stuff. In their attempt to repair their ship, their ships, they find another ship. And here it is. Oh, it's just like a little... It almost looks like uh, a TIE fighter. Or not TIE fighter, X-Wing. Mm-hmm. No, not X-Wing. The other one. I want the one pointy top. Right, right, right. I'm never going to Star Wars ships. They're like, hey, maybe we can power this up. And they give it a battery. And then, boom, it starts moving. And we get that. That's the reveal. That's oh, six <laughs> and we find out that it's Jetfire, a Cybertronian scientist. Tell me how long you've been here. And he's like looking at his hands and he's like, I'm detecting significant mi- microscopic fungal growth in an atmosphere devo- uh, almost devoid of moisture. He's like, is this wind erosion? It means I would have been stranded here for millions of dot, dot, dot. So he's been here millions of years. Fuck. He says, Cybertron, after all these years, I'm sorry, I have to get home. And then he flies and leaves them on the planet. <laughs> so they're like trying to figure out how to to uh, survive. And then we get a big reveal, which is that um, <laughs> um, the two, the two uh, aliens decide to finally take off their masks because they have to work on something in the, in, in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And they're the same race. Of course. They're the same race the entire time. Because of, of course we all are. World, god fucking damn it. I know, right? It's great. So, we'll see. I hope it's a meet cute, personally. <laughs> but yeah, really enjoy it. I think it's fun. It was a great backdoor pilot in this new Transformers story. That's so uh, sick. That's like what? What the fuck? That when did this happen? <laughs> I think he he actually in an interview I saw was talking about it. And he's like, imagine if you're just reading a comic and Freddy Krueger shows up. Oh, like, son, of, like, a, son cool of a is bitch! That? <laughs> son of a bitch! And like he went in that fashion. Of course, he gets me. God damn it! 
He's like, that's what I like about it. Just, oh, let's throw it in there. See what they say. You know? like, <laughs> we don't advertise ahead of time. Just, I'm like, yeah. It actually got spoiled for me a couple days early. Aww. A bunch, a bunch of like places were like Robert Kirkman's new Transformers book, but I didn't get it. I didn't put two and two together right away. Okay, and he got really pissed off. I bet. He, like he's like. The whole point was the, the surprise. You get that, right? Yeah, like, this is a nice surprise. I'm like, but like, yeah. I don't want to speak negative right now because there was a bad surprise before, like a, a bad movie did before, but this is a nice surprise. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. My final image book and my host's way recommendation of the week is She's not the last one. <laughs> click, click, boom. Okay. Oh, that's a cool cover. So, I know it's a start. So, before you start, it's like, there's yeah. so many new books. I work at a comic book store, and I've always been on top of it. But there's because I've been so behind, I've been really keeping away from the walls because I don't want to get too excited and, and like that FOMO really sink in. So that looks right. like a fuck. Okay, so written by Doug Wagner, art by Doug Dabbs, colors by Matt Wilson, letter by Ed Dukeshire. There's a young girl, and she's fantastic. She's a mute. Oh. She doesn't communicate with sign language oh, she, she has a polaroid and takes pictures and uses those pictures to communicate what she's trying to say what okay uh, that's a cool concept <laughs> okay and she's absolutely hilarious in the best ways so like you'll see her photos everywhere and that's the whole first thing is just like random photos of hers and stuff i can't see my camera there we go like just of her and then like a sandwich and stuff like that and then it's a picture of these people celebrating a birthday. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to them in the in this restaurant and her being like, I took a picture of you. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. she's like see? <laughs> like, she's fantastic already. Um, they chase her off. They're like, go away. You're running our dinner. They chase her off. They sing happy birthday. And she runs back and takes a bit of cake. <laughs> like, <laughs> nice. So, so that alone would be an intriguing like thing. Also, you get the impression that she's not socially adept. Like she's something happened to her. Obviously she wasn't raised in society because some dude slaps her on the butt and she looks at him and he's like, what? Don't act like this your first time. And she just takes a picture of him. And then later on, she slaps another guy in the butt thinking it's normal. And he's like, excuse me. (laughs) Yeah. Then she goes into a bank and starts shooting a bunch of people. (sighs) Okay. Click like a boom. I was like, yeah, what the fuck? That came out of nowhere. Then it cuts back to 12 years before where she's in Idaho in the middle of nowhere being trained how to survive by an older man. And you're like, what's up with this? Then we cut to our other main character, which is a journalist who is actually a podcaster. We're journalists. No, we're not. Um, I take the definition of journalism very, very, very seriously. I promise. That's an inside joke if you know anything about me. Because <laughs> people say their journalists aren't making me very angry. Anyways, um, we find out that she's basically something's going on. Someone's looking for her and it's determined that she when she went into that bank she didn't open fire. They did. Someone opened fire on her. So it's trying to figure out like what's going on with her. The journalist gets in trouble because she you know stuck her head into stuck her uh, nose in where it didn't belong. She gets saved by somebody and she opens her eyes. She goes, Elton? And this is the first shot you see. Uh-huh. She's got the glasses. And it's it's the girl, but she's wearing like Elton John glasses. Uh, and so this is her, this is the full shot of her face. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, she saved the journalist because the journalist was looking for her and they're trying to communicate and they're using these photos. And it's 
it's cute already. I really like it because it's going to combine like a really goofy like style. This is the, the Doug is the same one that uh, did um, plush. Oh, okay. And plastic and vinyl. <laughs> so, okay. um, but uh, whereas those books, I think he did all those with Daniel Hilliard. Mm-hmm. This one is not with Daniel Hilliard. It's a different artist. So, I, I really like it. I think it's fun. I think it's going to, like I said, it's going to be that combination of like a thriller, but also really goofy, but also a really likable main character. So, I think I think it's well balanced. I really enjoy it. So, uh, but that's it for Image. I'm ready to move on to DC. Nice. And I'm going to start with DC Pride through the years. This is their second Pride special this month. Um, this one only has four stories, but it is 80 pages and it's, um, three stories from the past. And I'm putting past in quotation marks of DC featuring, uh, queer characters. And then a new story for Alan Scott. Uh, the first one is the only one I would consider an old story, (laughs) which is flash 53. And this is one, uh, featuring, uh, uh, it's, (laughs) It's very... Okay, I forgot how much I wanted to talk about this issue. As soon as I opened up, I remembered. Um, It features the Pied Piper, which is the Flash villain who is openly gay. Um, And this is the issue where he comes out. And it's done in a very funny way. Because Pied Piper now is a good guy at this point. Mm -hmm. And him and Flash are kind of friends. And they're sitting there talking. And Flash is just being like... Asking him questions like you would ask a former villain, you know, be like, what was it like being a villain and shit like that? And he's like, hey, I wonder if we can get Joker on income tax evasion. Nobody's tried that. And Piper's like, I don't think the Joker reports his taxes. He just steals money. He's like, oh, yeah, it's true. He's like, did you know him when you're on the other side of the law? And he's like, I met him. He's like, you don't really get to know the Joker, basically. Mm -hmm. It's not like we lived in a clubhouse. He's like, oh, and and then Flash goes, this is so fucking awkward and i love it he goes just wondering you heard the rumors after all how maybe he's gay what did he seem like to you is the joker gay and piper's like uh like i said we didn't exchange secrets so i've never had any reason to believe and he goes yeah but guys like that you can always tell there are signals <laughs> and piper's like he kills people while he's a sadist and a psychopath i doubt he has many real human feelings of any kind he's not gay wally in fact, I can't think of any supervillain who is. And Flash goes, not one? He goes, well, except me, of course. <laughs> so he just tells Flash he's gay while Flash is like, you can always tell when people are gay. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, you knew that, right? He goes, me? Oh, sure. I mean, how could I not know something? Else? And then he, f- the Flash fakes an emergency call and runs away. Son of a bitch. He's like, got appointment, bye. <laughs> he's like, he's like, cursing him like an idiot. How did I not know that and all this stuff? And then like, he- <laughs> it's like it's like it's like he's been planning his heist, his his moves like around June, probably sometimes because he knows he's gonna get caught. And it's like you know what? Like the Flash is never like what is he? He's a really nice guy. Like like he puts me away. Like fuck him, but he tends to be a nice guy. Every time I get caught, in, he's never actually said happy pride. I feel like he's the type of guy who actually would actually say it. I don't think he knows. <laughs> Yeah. Let me plan I, this. Let me plan this one day. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Correct me if I'm wrong uh, out there in the internet, but I think it's canon that Wally's a Republican. 
Oh gosh. <laughs> I think it's been made canon in the past because he's actually said stuff like like they're arguing about differences and he's like, Well, I'm a Republican, you don't hate me, do you? Or something like that. I distinctly remember that happening. So um they get into their hijinks. It's it's him and Superman teaming up in this story. And uh yeah, they have their little hijinks, it's really great. Um I'm trying to find because there's one more awkward moment at the end. Um, where basically the Piper, like, oh, that's right. Um, the guy they're fighting normally has a very low level of power, but Superman points out that he's been using amphetamines and steroids to bust his, burst his power. I'm like, holy fuck, dude. And then, um, then you find out, long story short, they do debate and switch with Piper as the Flash. So, yeah, mm. it's great, but still, I'm just like, holy fuck, dude. Um, <laughs> The next issue they revisit, because this is all reprints except the last story, was uh, Detective Comics 854, which is a Greg Rucka era Batwoman story. Oh, wow. Which is just amazing, always. That was such a great fucking run. It should have gone on much longer than it did, but <laughs> whatever. Um, that was really good. The third story is a Supergirl story um, in uh, Supergirl 19, which features a the coming out of a, of a civilian character. Um, as uh, as non-binary slash trans mm-hmm. and really interesting because it features them coming up to their parents and their parents being like yo we love you anyways and this kind of this is definitely going to take some adjusting but we love you kind of thing so it's good um, I, I enjoy it I mean I like Supergirl so and then the last story is an Alan Scott prequel story from when he was in the war like a oh, soldier wow. in the war and it's his first love and it's really sweet yeah. So and it serves as a prequel to the next Alan Scott book so oh cool it's fun. I didn't expect this to be here. I didn't know this was coming out. So when I saw it, I was like, yeah, I'll pick that up. And, and I also got the throwback cover because it's just oh, like cute. really cute. There's Piper in the middle. Nice. So, yeah. It's like really flash. <laughs> yeah. It's like you can always tell, man. It's like... <laughs> I just I wanted to get like if, if I if I had drawn this comic because I have a weird sense of humor. I would be like Flash being like, you can always tell. Come back to Piper kissing a man and looking over and be like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're nervous, but like, not for that reason. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, can you? Um, yeah, great stuff. Next up is Green Lantern number two. I didn't get to review Green Lantern number one either for because that was the week we took off. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so I'm excited to talk about this. This is the Hal Jordan story. Uh, written by Jeremy Adams, art by Zarmonico, colored by Romulo Fajardo Jr., letter by Dave Sharp. Basically, it's the whole thing where Earth is quarantined. And so the Green oh. Lanterns can't leave Earth, basically. Uh-huh. And so Hal is li- living on Earth. I just saw something funny. I'll tell you about it in a second. Um, Hal is uh, living on Earth. He's trying to get a job with with Carol Ferris as a, as a pilot. And she's like, uh, we don't do that anymore we do drones we're not stupid we don't just send our soldiers to die how you dumbass like and she also has a new boyfriend and how's like really petty about the new boyfriend like that dude's trying to be nice to him and how's just like oops you're locked in the bathroom with my powers and shit like that it's really weird I, yeah but i've never liked hal jordan so that's fine but we discover that hal is living <laughs> almost literally in a van down by the river Jeez. <laughs> It's in a motor a trailer motorhome, basically, down by the river. But he's not living alone. He has a roommate. 
<laughs> it's my boy Kilowog. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, and well, a, that's a fun fucking life. And a wife beater. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's one of those stories where everything just goes well for Hal Jordan, which I always really don't like, but I actually like the story. It was very fun. Um, he ends up becoming Carol's personal uh, uh, pilot for her like private plane, which he uses to fuck with her new boyfriend, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where we leave off. There's also a teaser for the next John Stewart series at the end, Ooh, which okay. is really, really cool because I just love him as the Emerald Knight. He just looks so that's sick, so dude. Badass, yeah. Like, oh, it's just, it reminds me of um of uh oh my god, my mind blank um. Kingdom Come, Green Lantern. Oh hell yes! Yeah, how that full, that full control the satellite, satellite. Oh, so dope. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it reminds me of. Really, mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, next up is Static Team Up, Anansi number nice. one. Now, I didn't watch a lot of the cartoon. Uh, I saw some of it, but it wasn't like something I watched. I was I was too old for it to be honest with you. It was after my time, um, so I didn't know Anansi was actually a character in the cartoon. I thought. I was like, maybe it's like the Sandman version of Nazi because he's mentioned in Sandman and they have their version of death, you know, like, why not? So written by Evan Narcisse, pencils by Charles Stewart, the third inked by Jose Marzon Jr. And letter colors by Luis Guerrero and letter by Inworld design. Um, It's a fun team up and a Nazi looks cool as shit. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know what to tell you. Like, just look at that design, dude. Oh, I know. I I was actually pretty stoked. It sucks. I couldn't get it yet. I will. Uh, but I was really stoked that he's uh, that he's in a fucking like it's like a one shot for him. And the way they do the the way they do his powers is really cool. Like it's it's all about the stories. It's all about knowledge and stuff. He has more power the more they tell us their stories and stuff like that. I thought it was really cool. So I enjoyed it quite a bit. And the new Static Run has been really good. So this is a great little supplementary. This does take place between seasons one and two of the comic. So oh, okay, yeah. So you don't need to be caught up in season two. Mm-hmm. Next up is Batman Inc. number nine. I cannot. This book. I've never been more schizophrenic on a book than this book. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm just like, I really like this book. But also, as soon as I really start liking it, they're like, we heard you like Joker. I'm like, no, I don't. They're like, here's a team of Jokers. (laughs) Uh, Written by Ed Brisson, art by John Timms, colored by Rex Locus, and letter by Clayton Cowles. So we got Joker Inc., which just just saying those two words make me want to throw up because I hate Joker that much. But I think they handle it about as well as they could. They have all these Jokers around the on the planet and Batman Inc. has to team up to stop them. Um, you find out the Joker, because he's just batshit insane and evil, planted vials of Joker venom in each of the Jokers. <laughs> so the test now is for Batman Inc., because they're all split up on these different teams, is if they try to capture their Joker alive or just try to rescue the the hostages without killing the Joker, the bomb will go off and Joker Venom will kill everybody within miles. Oh, shit. They have to kill the Joker. Those <laughs> Jokers. So they basically have to... They're t- he's trying to make every member of Batman, Inc. go against their promise not to kill Bruce. Yeah. It's it's a decent setup. I kind of like it. I'll be honest with you. Um, I still don't like Joker, mm-hmm. but some of the other Jokers are kind of interesting. I really like them. Like, 
I just I like some of the designs. I think they're really cool. I like the Welsh Joker a lot. I think it's cool. <laughs> nice. The Cowboy Joker is actually kind of cool. Like, yeah, it's just Joker Joker. I don't like it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but it, it's been fun. I think I don't think we're gonna have much left of it. I think it's gonna be one more issue for this arc. So we'll see, and then we'll go. We'll see where we're gonna go from there. But I am starting to really like the team, the Batman Inc. team. I'm really starting to like. Like I said, when I read the, read the first issue, it was like there's just too many people, and we know none of them. Yeah. Uh, I think we're starting to feel comfortable. Nice. So, okay. Yeah. Next up is Wildcats number eight. <laughs> this is very interesting because uh, um, one of these characters is going to be moving to Birds of Prey very soon. Yay. Congratulations. <laughs> so I'm very worried about this book because I love this book, but we'll see. Written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by Daniel Kim and Michelle Bandini, color by Omar Santos, and letter by uh, Ferran Delgado. Um, a large portion of this takes place in this alternate universe. Long story short, we find out that um, when they thought Grifter was dead, they actually took an alternate version of him and took that body to fake him. So now this is taking place in that alternate universe where he disappeared. And it's a very twisted universe. And features uh, Damien as like one of the last heroes with them, and Damien ends up getting his throat slit, and this, oh, which is shit. brutal. Like, there's a lot going on here. It's really, really interesting. Um, a lot of this is Grifter in the other world, but also at the end, we do find out in the real world this reveal <gasps> as to who's really running the Wildcats as a corporation. Running the Wildcats? Oh shit! Yeah. They own it. What? Yeah. See that? Uh, dude, that's that's a cool review of like from what we knew of them, how they started. It's like they've always been around. They've been like an Illuminati, but it's like to be behind shit like that. That that's fuck. That's pretty cool. It's the court of owls. In case anyone was wondering, yeah, <laughs> I was trying, I was trying to leave it ambiguous, but I basically just told you. So yeah, really cool though. I like that. So really good stuff. Which takes us to Sandman Universe Nightmare Country: The Glass House Part Three. This has one of the best covers I've seen in a long time. It's twisted. I'm warning you right now. I'm going to show it to you. Um, it's a Corinthian cover. Ooh. So he's upside down. So his <sighs> mouth is up here and his nose is there. Mm-hmm. But there's one of his eye mouths with a little tongue sticking out of it. Ah, that's so good. <laughs> so twisted. Like, it makes me so uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um,. This is written by James Tynan IV, art by Alessandro Estherin, colored by Patricio Del Pech, and letter by Simon, Bolin, Simon Boland. Um, this is continuing this the the second part of the Salmon Universe Nightmare Country story. And um, it's really cool because the Corinthian is like sworn not to kill okay, unless yeah. the young girl gives him permission. And this deals a lot with his like almost like addiction to killing. Like he wants to kill. He wants to stalk a young boy and kill him and stuff like that. And it's just kind of like he can't. And it's really interesting because it, it does give him some characterization. Uh, in Sandman, he was kind of just a, a force of nature. Yes. Like he wasn't like a person. He wasn't a character. He didn't have thoughts and feelings. He was just like, I kill things. And this guy, this version of him very begrudgingly has to like make these decisions and, not hurt people if he, you know, if he can help it. And it's really, really interesting. I'm really enjoying it. It's also dealing a lot with, um, with, uh, like just this overall story, uh, with this company and 
it's just really interesting. And there's also a really gruesome moment where one of the main characters uh, has a meeting with somebody at work, a writer, and the writer pulls off their masks to reveal my girl Thessaly all oh. up in everybody's business again. Again. And she'll be getting her own book soon, too. And it says, accompany Thessaly on her journey to San Francisco in the Sandman Universe special Thessaly number one on sale yes. next month. Yeah, it's gonna get so, so fucked. <laughs> I love her so much. Like, uh, so good. But yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this run. It's really cool. It's full of a lot of really weird, disturbing imagery. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's like a nightclub they can go to, where they can have like their. Uh, did you read this? No, not this one. Okay, there's a nightclub where you, these guys can go to to have their weird like thoughts, like played out. Okay. And in the previous series, you might remember the one girl was shot to death. Like like multiple holes in her body. Yeah. Well, now she's like a ghost that has holes all over her body <sighs> and she's forced to work in this place to satisfy these men's curiosity. Jeez. The main male character honestly just seems to genuinely like her and just likes talking to her. Mm-hmm. But in this issue, he's not there. Some other guys show up and they're what they want to do is basically cause she can't die. They want to just do as much damage to her body as possible without her dying. So they just start like shooting her and stuff while she sits there, and it's just like fucked up, dude. Like it's Jeez. twisted. <laughs> so yeah, it's really good though. I'm really enjoying the book. It's just very disturbing at times. So, mm-hmm. and finally, the last DC book is one of my favorite new DC books, Spirit World number two. Speaking of so Alyssa nice. Wong, uh, Spirit World number two, written by Alyssa Wong, uh, drawn by Hanain. Color by Sebastian Chang and letter by Janice Chiang. Um, this is a really interesting story. Did you get a chance to read the first one? Not yet, but it's it's, it's in my pull list to it's, for sure uh, be on my reading list. It's great. So Xanth, um, I believe Xanth is non-binary. Um, technically, identifies as non-binary, the main mm-hmm. character. And in this, Xanth has to go back to their um, family home. And Constantine comes with them, <laughs> which nice. is great. And they're having dinner with their mother. And it's really interesting because every time they dead named the parents dead named Xanth, yeah. they did this like scribble thing instead of her, instead of their name. Dope. So you don't know what their name is. It's erased because it doesn't exist. Yeah. You know? Long story short, Xanth's mother is like, you can't leave and cast spells and uses uses like paper seals, you know, like the traditional like paper, like you put a charm right. in Chinese mythology, you put a you know charm on a paper and stick it to something, right? Uh huh. They use that to make everybody stay, including John Constantine, because it has John's name on it. It was the mother was prepared for this, huh. and there's this really cool moment where the mother thinks, "Okay, I got this all sealed away," and Xanth is like binding talismans. I remember these. I should have expected you to pull something like this. And said, but you made one mistake. And Xanth grabs their own talisman and just burns it with a hand. With a hand. Uh. And the mom says, how you shouldn't have made them move. She's like, these talismans are each key, key to a specific person. John Constantine, for example, you knew exactly who he was. This one is written for, and it's <sighs> the dead name. Uh. And says, that's not me. It never was. And Xanth walks out. That's awesome. It's the coolest fucking thing I've seen all Pride Month. I love it. Like, just it, it's such a great emphasis of like, like yes, your your identity is valid. It's not something you're just making up, which is something that a lot of critics say. It's like, oh, you just want to do the, you want to be special. No, this is who I am, and I was never who you think I should be. 
it's just really interesting really well done the art is fantastic too i can't speak enough about the art this shot of the two of them in the portal fuck yes like just amazing um a couple of the like like this shot right here Oh, what the fuck? I, I, need, I need to jump on this book right now. It, it's absolutely an amazing book. It's beautiful. It's done really well. And it's got Cassandra in it. So Yes, I have seen this. Really well. So I love this book. One of my favorite DC books right now. Probably will be in the awards at the end of the year because it's just been that good. So. Hell yeah. And that's it for DC. And I'm ready to move on to Marvel. Cool. And uh, just like DC, we're going to start Marvel with Pride. This is one of my favorite Marvel voices in a while. Nice. I really, I really enjoyed this one. So uh, we'll talk about it a bit. Did you get a chance to look through it at all? No. Okay. I um, I got the I guess you'd call it the Young Avengers cover. <laughs> it's like, but it's like it's like got gimmick and stuff too, and somnus. Oh, okay. So, okay. Just all the youngies. Just they're having a party, basically. The only oldie there is Catwoman or black cat and she would hate it if i sure me say that so <laughs> um that's great so there's a couple stories here i'll just go through the creative team okay uh marike nichkamp pablo collar michael wiggum stephanie williams hector barros oren jr andrew dollhouse Catherine Locke, joanna estep manuel pupo shady petoski roberta ingranata ceci de la cruz sarah gailey Bailey Rosalind, Rochelle Rosenberg, H.E. Edgman, Lorenzo Susi, Kelly Fitzpatrick, Stephen Byrne, Steve Fox, Rosie Comp, Kelly Fitzpatrick, with Ariana Mayer and Travis Latham doing all the lettering. Um, so, uh, I love uh, my criticism of last week's DC Pride book was I've seen this before. I see these characters all the time. Every Pride, they trot them out and they put them away again. They right. really go a different angle with this Marvel one. The first one is Gwynpool, who recently came out as asexual. Fuck yeah. And it's just Gwynpool throwing a, an asexual party, uh, which is really great, inviting all her asexual friends and also some other queer friends and stuff. So, um, And also features Jeff the Landshark predominantly. Fuck yes! Which is not Jeff's last appearance this week. For the <laughs> really good. Um, they throw the party. Dazzler, or she's having trouble, she's having trouble playing the party. And she goes to Dazzler and says, please help me, queer icon Dazzler. You're my only hope. <laughs> and Dazzler's like, leave it up to me, kid. I understand the importance of pride. So basically, it's like, I'll take care of the music. And Hell yeah. So, so Dazzler plays this pride party for all, all the, the queer friends, including Nadia Van Dyne, who shows up. Um, so yeah, really, really cool. The second story is Nightshade, which is an awesome character. And um, this is actually the introduction of the second generation of Nightshade. So it's a brand new character, which I really liked. I won't get too much into it because it would require a lot of backstory, but it was really, really cool. Really well done. I like it. I like the character. I like the powers. It's cool. Uh, this next story is Webweaver. Webweaver gets their own story. Oh. And it's fantastic. What? It's, uh, it not only focuses on uh, web, like the queerness of everything, but also leans heavily into the Jewish identity of Web Weaver. Great. So so really well-told story from both perspectives, uh, handled with a lot of respect, which I really enjoyed. Um, next up is Billy and Teddy, Wiccan and Hulkling. Of course. Uh, they're on a road trip, and uh, their car breaks down, and they meet Lacey Lorraine. Mm-hmm. 
They're in the middle of nowhere. I think it's Montana. Oh, okay. This is Lacey Lorraine. Nice. Uh, Lacey Lorraine works at a local gas station, owns the gas station. Oh, and also before this, the boys were like, what kind of redneck check are we going to run into? Should we pretend to be friends instead of lovers, basically? Oh. Lisa Rain's description is clearly transgender, cowgirlish, Montana gas station attendant. Pronouns she, her, howdy. <laughs> nice. And they're like, oh, wow. We did not expect this. She's like, I heard that before. <laughs> and then they're like talking, talking to Lacey and uh, Lacey's just like, um, where are you from? And Tay's like, I'm from outer space. She goes, figured around or figured around what parts? He's like, uh, outer, outer space. She's like, Come on now, maybe near Tarnax and speaks in scroll. What? And they go, you speak scroll? She's like, nah, mostly only know the swears. Hold that hose there. She's fixing their car. Okay. Like, and then Lacey's just like, um, like you find out that Lacey's because of those fascinating character for like six pages. It's fantastic. Lacey's from ancient Greece. Um, was part of the the uh, the galley, mm-hmm. and which were these uh, super powerful women, uh, blessed. I think they were. I want to say they're healers. Yeah, they're healers and muses and all this other stuff. And Lacey found out that Lacey couldn't, or that she could not be harmed. Um, so doesn't die. And um, there's more to it than that, because. I don't, I don't want to get into it, but it's a really good story. And it, it's a heavy conversation to have right now is what I'll say. Yeah. Let's just say, if, imagine if you're trans and your body cannot change. Hmm. Yeah. That's just, there's, a, there's an angle there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so and it's really well told. Uh, Lacey travels to ancient Morocco and meets with uh, Tafrara, the sorcerer Supreme, <sighs> who was unable to do anything about it. Um, ends up in, um, up in Scandinavia, runs into uh, her. I'm going to read this exactly as it's written. My hot T for T Cree Viking boyfriend. <gasps> oh my gosh! <laughs> Who introduced me to his scroll X, <laughs> and basically becomes friends with the scroll X. They travel the universe together. My dude, this is a person running a gas station in Montana in the middle yeah. of nowhere. They fight a celestial. She floats through space for 400 years. Like gets picked up by a big, big gay, basically like, like carnival cruise ship in the middle of space. It goes back to earth and opens a gas station. She's like, anyways, fix your car. <laughs> I loved it. It was so weird and random. It was great. The next story is a black cat one called be gay, do crime. Hell yeah. Fuck. Yes. Which I loved because, I mean, it's Black Cat, and I love me some bisexual Black Cat. Uh, they make a point that this one, this is the one written by Sarah Gailey, by the way, in case you're wondering. Of course it is. Ooh, hell yeah. Um, they make a point that um, basically it's, it's Black Cat and Gambit in New Orleans. This takes place before Black Cat and Spider-Man are in a relationship now. Mm-hmm. So that's clear. Long story short, they're there. Gambit's dealing with all of his drama, and she's just like, I'm here to have fun, motherfucker. Um, she, he shows her the Thieves Guild in Louisiana. She sees a statue of Condra, the, the mutant who is also the god of thieves. Uh, okay. You might remember her. They killed her in um, uh, Knights of X. Yeah, Knights of X. With the, with the cards, remember the, the yeah. tarot cards? Yeah, yeah. 
That's that's Condra, right? Um, so she's always been the god of thieves. Well, long story short, uh, Gambit's like, yeah, here, this is uh, the story of the statue of Condra and her sacred gem. And she's like, oh, okay. And she just immediately steals the gem. He's like, don't. And she steals it. And Condra summons her. Right? And Condra's right. just like, Felicia Hardy, like, what do you want? And she's like, uh, basically, like, you have a request of me. She's like, um, what is it you come to seek? And she's like, let me guess. What will be riches beyond your wildest imagination? She's like, I can get those anytime. It's like eternal life. She's like, I've been there. No, thanks. Your loved ones return beyond the veil. And it shows the black fox, her her mentor. Yeah. She's like, yeah I think we need a little space, to be honest. She's like, there can be only one thing. And my answer is no. She goes, what? She goes, you come to try to get me to take the New York Thieves Guild back to my graces. I will not. And Black Cat's like laughing. She's like, no, that's not why I'm here. She's like, why? She's like, I'm here for you. She's like, yeah, you want an audience with me? She's like, no, no, I was wanting to take you on a date. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and she takes her on a date and begs her, hooray. And then it, it cuts to her and Spider-Man one week later. And Spider-Man's like, so what'd she say? <laughs> nice. We're just like, for a guy with eight legs, you sure got no manner. She's like, for the last time, the spider did not give me invisible leg power. <laughs> <laughs> And she's just like, lady, don't kiss and tell. And we get this amazing, like, big full page, like, pride. Hell yeah. So good. I love Black Cat. Like, she's great. Uh, Next story is, um, again, more new characters. Uh, This character named Muzzle and runs afoul of Spider-Man. I won't get too much into it because it's an origin, but it's really cool. And um, it's not just about a queer story, but also, like being something that's like not fully human and being considered that and like the way people can see you. And it's just a really, really interesting story. Then we get a story that I would love. I know Sway will love, which is Jumbo Carnation, <gasps> our favorite mutant fashion designer. And he has an emergency moment where a bunch of people need outfits for the pride fashion show. Hell yes. They need it at the last minute. So he gives, fashion or new new fashion to a bunch of different people including um so we'll, we'll start with america first of all uh she asks for a new outfit and she's like i don't like changing my outfit much so he gives her this one. Oh, that's badass yeah that he called uh boricua realness <laughs> <laughs> next up is viv vision Ooh. oh it's so cute yeah and then is north star i guess him and kyle are going and uh of course (laughs) oh my god of course the tail jesus christ yeah and then we do see when they're actually at the party two more we see uh shatterstar and negasonic teenage warhead (gasps) so Oh, badass. Okay, the Shatterstar looks really, really cool, too. And Negasonic as well, but (laughs) that's cool. But it also has a line, and I I just have to talk about this because it made me laugh, is like, there's people shouting things to them while they're on the fashion show. Mm -hmm. And one of them says, he can shatter my star any day. Jesus. (laughs) Oh, my God. Now, now star, in his sexual content, is referring to a specific part of the body. And that's a horribly graphic statement. <laughs> what do you think about it? Like that? So like, forward. <laughs> I was like, God damn. <laughs> like, 
Then we get an extended gimmick story, which is really cool about her basically taking up where Bishop War College left off. Oh. Where now she's in his team. Mm-hmm. And it's her dealing with that. Um, we get the return of Buddy, too, the, the uh, Cyclops character from that run. Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, her girlfriend, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, they uh, they talk and like it, it's just about gimmick finding their place. It's really, really, really good. Uh, teams up with some characters we haven't seen very much, including the confirmation that Spectre from Young or from New X Men is gay, or at least queer in some way. Cool, uh, because he's dating Gray Malkin, which is a character we did not get to in Young X Men. Which I, it's oh, crazy. Yeah. Gray Malkin is. Charles Xavier's great, 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 great uncle or something like that. <laughs> and he was under the ground in Xavier's mansion this entire time in stasis and no one knew. His mutant power is the darker it is, the stronger he is. Oh, okay. And so he was under there and he was basically invulnerable and immortal because he was down there, but he was asleep the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, He's now he, he's in this world. He's gay, and the cool thing with Spectre is his powers is he can control his living shadow. So he wraps Gray Malkin in his living shadow, and Gray Malkin is super strong in the dark. So it literally powers him up to like Hulk level strengths. Like uh, it's a really cool combination. Yeah, we love our mutant circuits. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. So really cool. I really enjoyed that story. It's a lot of fun. Again, a lot, a lot of names we don't see very often. You know, they didn't really use the cliche names. So really, really cool. Really enjoyed that Pride uh, special. Now we're going to talk about real Marvel books. So Cosmic Ghost Rider 4. Going to be very, very quick about this oh. one because... Did you read it? No. Okay. Written by Stephanie Phillips. Art by Joey no- Villanova. Color by Espen Gutenberg. And letter by Travis Lanham. It has been a Stephanie-heavy episode. Yeah. Um, so this one we find out that the second Cosmic Ghost Rider is Frank. It's just that he got partially sucked into a black hole and he got separated from himself. Oh, shit. Okay. So this is like his brutal, like violent side. That's what I kind of theorized. That's cool. It happens again at the end of the issue and there's five of him now. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think there's only one issue left. If I remember correctly, I I think it said the finale. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, really, really interesting. Uh, I'm not going to jump too much into it because, again, it, since it is the finale, yeah, it says to be concluded. Uh, we'll give it a better, a bigger review next time. My next one, I'm going to have to take a moment on, Josue, because I have to say goodbye to Captain Marvel with number oh, 50. Yeah, hit me, dude. Yeah. Uh, it's good, I'll tell you that. Written by Kelly Thompson. Art by Javier Pena and David Lopez. Color by Ian Nitro and letter by Clayton Cowles. Um, it's her dealing with the aftermath of losing binary. Mm-hmm. And she also deals with the the whole storyline with um, the magicians of the Marvel Universe when they trapped her in that world and were trying to test her to see if she's worthy and all that stuff. Okay. Um, it's her being like, maybe I'm not worthy. You know, maybe I shouldn't be Captain Marvel. Maybe I should retire. Or not. Like, she's having all these thoughts. Um, it's not just, she doesn't just fly around and punch people anymore. It's not her job. She's more than that. And it becomes this whole thing. Yeah. She spends the entire issue grieving. But really, this issue is a victory lap for Kelly for just doing an amazing run. Um, brings back a lot of the characters that have been featured, including um, L'Oreal, which is her uh, sister, the one that's the new accuser yeah. for the Korean part. Um, they basically, 
She's like, you seem upset. Do you want to beat up some bad guys? She's like, yes. And they just teleport straight into a war and take out a bunch of people. (laughs) Uh, Then we cut to a party that they're going to throw for Carol to make her feel better. And it's Jessica Drew and Hazmat that are planning it. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's there's a cute moment where she's like, Jessica's like, we're surrounded by all this weird food. And all I can think about is how much binary would have loved it. She's like, I mean, what would she have called these mini hot dogs? Something adorable and ridiculous like peekaboo meats. (laughs) 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 And um, they're just sad. And then who shows up to to cheer them up? But She-Hulk, Jessica Jones, and Monica Rambeau. That's awesome. They show up and they're like, yo, we're going to help with the party. And so they, they help plan the party. And then we get this awesome wide shot. I'll let the camera focus. There we go. Aww. Of the party. And I kind of spent a while. You might notice. Yes. My boy Jeff is at the party. Hell yeah. And it's great because the very first line of dialogue at the party is literally Carol saying, I can't believe Kate Bishop brought Jeff. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, she said, maybe if I go home and get my Jeff sweatshirt, he will sign it. And then. They they reply. He's a shark, Carol. He can't sign things. <laughs> he would he would find a way. He will, he's fucking yeah. Jeff. Dude. He he will do the impossible. Possible. He, she immediately bumps into Kamala, who's oh, still alive in this book. Yeah, and she goes, "Oh my gosh, hi, Carol. Did uh, you see Jeff is here?" <laughs> <laughs> and Carol goes, "I know it's amazing. <laughs> like, That's so, so fucking great." <laughs> yeah. Um. But it just kind of gives a tour of all these characters that played supporting roles in the series. There's a really good scene with her and Tony about because they they have like he's her sponsor, her Alcoholics Anonymous sponsor. Yeah, and they 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 he's kind of the one she deal, talks to to deal with all of her serious problems. And so they have a little moment, and there's this great moment where um, Carol is out looking over the party from like a balcony with Tony, and he's she's like, "Can we talk about something else?" He's like, "Sure." And she's like, "I want to talk about Hazmat." And it shows Hazmat down the party. He says, she's not ready for the Avengers yet, but she's really impressed me. Reliable, smart, creative, extremely compassionate, if, if in her own salty, sarcastic way. Uh, and basically, it's like, you know, Hazmat is, it needs to be groomed to be one of the next amazing heroes, basically. She says, we have to do better by these young heroes. And I think this is teasing something huge, by the way. We have to do better by these young heroes. If we don't build for them, how will they be able to step up when we need them? It says, I'm grateful she hasn't fallen through the cracks, Like, but I feel so many have. And he says, I hear you. Are you volunteering? She's like, no, 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 no. And so I think they're planning kind of a new young Avengers kind of style characters thing. So that'd be really cool because I love Hazmat. Really great character. I would like to see that. Uh, Carol makes out with Rhodey. <laughs> Like, because they're dating, which is cool. Um, Carol has a really cool moment that I would have to explain the entire plot of the entire book if uh, to explain it. Basically, she Wanda helps her find out that she has value, that she has worth. Long story, and it's set to the background of a bunch of tarot cards. Oh, cool! Yeah, really, really well done. I think it's very well done. Like, just a really interesting thing. And basically, Carol's like her resolution is, you know, I do a lot of damage. I don't often stick around to fix as much as I should. She's like, so it's her rebuilding a roof. She destroys it's like time to get started. And that's where it cuts off. So Aww. what a run. Great run. So really, really good stuff. I loved the party. I love the tease of a possible new Avenger or young Avengers thing. 
Um, I love the idea of Hazmat being a like a hero for the future because I was one of the few people that just fucking loved that run with Hazmat and Metal and all of them. Like I love them so much. So, mm-hmm. yeah. all right. Next up is Moon Knight. <laughs> Moon Knight. Number 24, written Oof. by Jed McKay, Federico Sabatini with the art, Rochelle Rosenberg with the colors, and letters by Corey Petit. Did you get to read it? I did. It went by so fast. It was so heavy. Um, long story short, it's another one of these, like, it's it's a self-contained story, but it's also building the overarching story very well. And Jed, I think Jed McKay, better than anyone in comics right now, is good at that, of telling a one-shot story that's building the background. Mm-hmm. And I really think that's really cool. This one is Moon Knight basically imagining how great life could be, the great stuff that could be happening. He's with his family. Everybody's still alive. But he keeps having these all these other dreams. And it's just kind of really interesting. He determines that, yes, he's in a dream state. And he's able to get, like I said, you went, it went by very quick. But in the end, he basically you know was able to figure out, hey, Morpheus has me asleep. And giving me what I want. And Morpheus has been trying desperately to give him whatever, you know, to try to find what he can give Moon Knight that he would want. Moon Knight's able to shake it off and realizes that Morpheus is bleeding out and dying. Hmm. But then finally gave him something he wanted at the end, which was just a really great ending. I loved this issue. It was really good. Uh, It was such a great dive into, into Moon Knight and his various identities because that's one of the reasons that he wasn't it's hard to give Moon Knight something he wants because he's not one person. Yeah. And they all have different wants and needs and desires. And so it's kind of like really interesting to see. You get to see what they all kind of would want if they had their choice. And I thought that was really cool. I really like the way that was told. And I like these stories that now that the three or more identities are working together, we get to see them interact and develop as characters together. I think that's really cool. And this is a good example of that. So what do you think? Um, first of all, uh, Moon Knight, aka the Precocious. What is what's what's his alter ego name? The the Precocious Posty <laughs> is my new favorite name for him. The, that that Dreamscape sequence was so fucking funny as as the little sidekick as as the boy sidekick. Uh, but yeah, it was a very fun issue. Again, like, for so much happens in this book. Like, we go from like place to place, um, but I guess it's because it's that fast paced that. Uh, yeah, this, this this issue just like flew by for me. Like by the end of it, like it's, it's one of those where like sometimes I'm like, oh, how many pages do I have left? But this one, I just kept fucking swiping and swiping. So I was like, oh, a great reveal. What's next? Oh, fuck, issue twenty five. Awesome. But <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, um, like like you said, great self contained issue to still tell what's more to come. Like without yeah, without lingering too much here. Though I'm sure like there'll be like more. Like, he's he's still holding his um um his body, but it's like yeah, like we'll continue on this. Um, but this issue was very, very fun. And I love that it was, um, who, who's the backup Sabatini? Like, I, I really like when, when he yeah. steps up um, for, for some backup stories. They have an amazing, probably only matched by Daredevil. They have an yes. amazing artist pairing. Absolutely. Two artists who swap in and out distinct styles, but they work together. Yes, I, I 100% agree. Yeah, I really, really enjoy that. And now Daredevil's over, so long live Moon Knight. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, all right, my next book, we're keeping it going with that Jed McKay terrain, Doctor Strange number four. Mm, I'm so behind on this. Okay. This is a great issue, too. It's insane. Written by Jed McKay. Guest art by Andy McDonald. Guest colors by KJ Diaz. Letter by Corey Petit. This is the story of Wand. 
the new group that Wong is. Oh running. yeah. Uh, it's Wong. It's um, Pandora Peters, the girl who used to be in Wand, and it's what was his name, Doctor, the wacky Doctor dude they recruited. Uh, oh gosh, uh, Doctor Z, the freaky Doctor Z. That's right. Um, they fight some demons and. <laughs> This is the coolest, most metal thing ever, and you will love it. I know you will. Pandora Peters has a baseball bat with nails in it. She's fighting demons with a baseball bat with nails Fuck in it. Fuck yes. Right? She hits this demon, and it fucks him up, right? Mm-hmm. And she's she's talking. She's like, so all those fake nails of the true cross relics that circulated throughout history? Turns out, people believing they were real were good enough to give them power. All I had to do was hammer them into a bat. So she has a bat. With nails in it, and then the nails of Jesus Christ crossed, basically. That's fucking heavy as hell, and, like, <laughs> one of my favorite blasphemous things of all fucking time. <laughs> um, but they're fighting the these uh, these demons. The demons have enslaved a bunch of ghosts to mine for them. Mine, mine brimstone, essentially. It's, it's kind of funny. While they're fighting, the freaky Dr. Z is talking to the ghosts, and he's like... No, you see, his contracts are completely unenforceable. And he's basically talking contract law with the ghosts. And he goes, have you considered unionizing? And then they agree and they become one giant ghost and start stomping the demons. That's badass. It's so dumb and I love it. And then Ghost Rider shows up. He's like, I've driven 150 miles to kill these demonic robber barons. I smell their exploitation. Where are they? Like, oh, yeah, where to handle it? They walk away. They're like, don't worry about it, Ghost Rider. See you later. <laughs> like that's that's Ghost Rider's entire appearance. Um, they fight some uh, some vampires, some Chinese vampires. Um, they're basically just doing the rounds that you know, like a magic version of Shield would do. You know what I mean? And they they're determining one of the big things is that a bunch of magical users are being murdered. Is what's happening? And remember, we um. We recently saw uh, that Ag- Agamon's dead. Agamon had been assassinated. And they're tying this all together. So Clea and Doctor Strange appear in one panel of this comic. This is just the Wong and um, Pandora show, basically. And Pandora reveals that she thinks Clea is the one killing all these magic users. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, literally the last shot of the book is the two of them laying on the couch together. Oh. And, and her saying, I think it's Clea Strange. So, no, stop it. They're so cute together. <laughs> I don't think it's her. Of course not. I love Wand. I wanted to get its own book. Do it like Next Wave. I would love it. Oh. Just make it weird and goofy. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Great idea. Freaky Doctor Z is great. So that's it for that. I'm ready to move on to a number one. Yes. We're going back to Wakanda, baby. Oh, Black Panther, sick. number one. Sell me got, on it, please. I got this variant. Oh, no. Um, I am picking it up. I'm just behind still. I don't need to sell you on it. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I, you're going to get this book. Um, I mean, I don't even need to tell you. I just have to show you that shot. Fuck. And that's it. That's all you need to see. It's the new outfit. Suck. He looks amazing. So, uh, creative team written by Eve L. Ewing. Pencil by Chris Allen, uh, inked by Chris Allen and Craig Young, uh, color by Jesus Berdov, letter by Joe Sabino. Yeah, so I, um, we wondered after he was banned from Wakanda how, wh- how we're going to do this, basically. Mm-hmm. 
and this is just takes place a little bit of time after he's banned. It makes the point that he's traveled around, he's rejoined the Avengers, all that stuff. And he finds himself drawn back to Wakanda because he's just unsettled. He, he, it's, it's, it's where he's supposed to protect. Sure. And he can't just stay away. So he decides to go back. He's, he goes back to the city where I believe his father was raised, I want to say, uh, which it's called Baron Tachaka, which is his dad's name, mm-hmm. Tachaka. And it's almost like an African Gotham. Oh, shit. It's like, I'm going to show you some of these shots. Like, this is the opening page. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And basically, he discovers that since he stepped down and he was kicked out of the country, things have gotten worse. Um, there are criminals taking advantage of the weak. There's all kinds of like scams being ran on the, even the, the citizenry and all this stuff. And he's just trying basically to help protect his country because it's fallen into lawlessness is the idea. He can't do it as a King, but he's trying to do it as, you know, the black Panther. And the whole thing is he has to stay hidden as the black Panther. Cause he's not supposed to be there. Sure. No one believes it's T'Challa because he's been banned. Uh-huh. So, yeah. <laughs> he would be stupid enough to come back. <laughs> yeah. So, there's this other character who is like a lawyer, but he works for like the poor and disenfranchised. And T'Challa's watching him because he wants to see if he can trust him. Long story short, yes, he can trust him. They end up talking, and he reveals that um, T'Challa reveals his identity to the guy. And he reveals that they were actually friends when they were very much younger, when they were little, little kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that th- they played together, that that guy's father knew his father and all this stuff. Um, and he's just basically like, what's happening in this country? And the guy tells him, and he's just like, I can't stand idly by. You know, I can't let this just happen. Like, I can't, I can't let this country fall apart, basically. So he's going to be doing like a very much undercover Batman kind of thing in Wakanda. Huh, okay. Which is not something we've seen. No. And I love it. Also, it did introduce the new character that I've been hearing a lot about and I love the design of, but we don't know much about her yet. But Oh, right. She has a common Rider helmet. I fucking love her. Um, yeah, it, it looks like Age of Conchu Common Rider. Age of Common <laughs> so Rider. <laughs> um. That's so interesting. I mean, it's like, how long can this hold up? I mean, like, you're in the, one of the most sophisticated... It's, it's still part of Wakanda. You're still in one of the most sophisticated, highly advanced places. You can't just hide for long. Like, from Batman, sure, he only has so many uh, CCTV cameras to, to go off of, but this is fucking Wakanda, so... But it's also a place where they haven't been able to even stop the cr- criminals, much less T'Challa. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so... Plus, a lot of people think it's just an impersonator. But Yeah, it's true. The only one person knows it's him. It's that guy. So, really good. I love Eve Ewing's take of it. Nice. And I love Chris Allen's art. Those good. two things, I just think, made this a really good book. So, digital version is up. Make sure to check it out. So. Yeah. And let's talk about Captain America Cold War Omega. Oh, dude. This is so cool. 
Yeah, because I... Oh, yeah. Well, let me do the creative team because we're going to launch this. Written by Jackson Lansing, Colin Kelly, and Tochi Anabuchi. Colored by Carlos Magno. Colored by Guru FX. And lettered by Jokar Magno. I think you and me, when we were about halfway through this arc, were like, what is this? <laughs> like, like yeah. what is this crossover at this point? Like, And I think by th- this issue, we realize what it is. And mm-hmm. it's cool. Because I love the... I love this whole inner circle drama that's going on and that we don't have to resolve it in seven issues. Like this could go for years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just little steps back and forth and Bucky being a kind of a tactical genius. Yep. And that's kind of reflected here. Long story short, this whole thing, including using white wolf and all that, was to serve one purpose for the greater good. And it worked. And it it definitely put Bucky, I would say, technically back on the side of good in in Steve's eyes. Yeah, Uh, uh, yeah, there there was that that talk. I think Steve still got some issues with it. But, yeah, there's uh, a talk as I got like I'll stay rebuild the rebuild the trust, but you know for sure like we're all we're, we all see it. Steve is about time you accepted it too. Like it'll we'll, we'll come to that. Yeah, but long story short, this was all about Ian in the end. Yeah, that's what I'll say. And what a great story! I really really liked it, and it everybody was involved. I think my only criticism be I I wish Black Widow did a little bit more in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, I, I really, really liked it. I thought it was really cool. Nailed the landing. That's what I like to say when something like, I'm not sure where it's going, and then suddenly it slams, and it's amazing. Nailed the landing. That's what I would say about this. So what do you think? I, I mean, um, as we know, like I, I've been like three issues behind um, into this one, and I caught up like today. Um, and it was a great buildup for like for those uh, for these last three setting up setting up the ending. Um, but yeah, like we were like we were talking about, and it's like Bucky's Bucky's been up to something. Like we obviously didn't see that he was a bad guy. We we didn't see this turn. We didn't believe this turn because uh, well, it's fucking Bucky. Because we uh, love Bucky. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we anticipated like a turn or a, a sweet reveal, but that reveal ended up being like so much more than like what I thought I wanted. I, again, like, we didn't know where this was going, what direction, what it all meant for D- uh, Dimension Z. But it was all about Dimension Z and for Dimension Z. And the, the fact that, like you said, like you can be a tactical genius like Steve and like do the right thing, do the good thing and prevail. Yes, that's not going to work out maybe all the time. So it would take a tactical genius like Bucky, who was always like his like shadow agent to do the right thing. But like by pulling off all the wrong moves and it paid off so fucking well. It was awesome. I, I really enjoyed it, especially like uh, fucking when Ian transformed into uh, his classic fucking uh, spiky suit. Like that, that that was cool to see again. Um, but and the fact that he was like, he's gonna run it. Like we could, we can come back to Dimension Me, and then it can be a good thing. They can be they can, they can be a great thing for a crossover coming up as 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 as, as, as the Calvary showing up. And it's like ah, I'm curious where we're, where we're gonna go after this because that. That look that that Steve was giving to Shannon at the at the end was like that. It was weird. And then the the little description for Captain America uh, seven fifty, the, the there will be a new direction specifically for Shannon. So we'll see what that means. Yeah, definitely. I really liked it. I thought it was great. Yeah, it, it, was, it was so sweet. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, and Black Widow could could have done more, but if anything, just because it was, I, I guess a little bit downplayed. 
um, where I, I wanted more of their conversation. It was cool to see that Black Widow, that Natasha and Peggy left together because they were like the they were like pretty much like at odds. The, the whole staring contest bit was actually really funny, um, but um, it seems like they were very much at odds. And after this, like they they found some common ground, and now and then ended with like helping each other. So that's very interesting how they how they're going to move forward as like the two super spies. <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked it. It was really good. Yeah, a great payoff. Yeah. All right, let's swing over to the streets of New York for some Spidey books. First of all, I was able to find Spider-Man 8, which I missed. Nice. I've, I've already read 9, so I'm back and read 8. This is the first part of the current Electro storyline, and this is the first time that we got some information about Bailey. Uh, Bailey's powers seem to be psychokinetic, Ooh. in that Bi- Bailey's... Uh, long story short... Their entire power seems to be Spidey sense, but like a really intense spider sense that they can focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bailey sees sees a burned out building, gets a vibe from it, walks over, touches it, and is able to see everything that happened when the building burned out, including Spider Man saving all these people. Oh shit! So Bailey's got like a real like like vision power is what it is so that plays in nicely to the current story with peter which is peter gets his own spidey sense boosted to help people more (sighs) and it goes out of control yeah so i think the cool idea here is that peter never thought to do that because he always had bailey technically in lore always had bailey as a partner (laughs) to help him find the danger okay and now it's he's being forced to compensate for something he didn't know he was missing God I like damn. that. Yeah, okay. I like that a lot. So yeah, but I'm not giving it a full review or anything because I've already done nine. So okay, our first up is Spider-Man India number one. Cool. And now I do like this outfit, but having just seen the Spider-Verse movie and the amazing Spider-Man India from that, I kind of wish it was that outfit. But I'll take it. <laughs> so, <laughs> this, is, this is the original Spider-India. So yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, written by Nikesh Shukla, pencil by Abhishek Malsuni. Inked by Scott Hanna, colored by Naraj Manon, and letter by Joe Caramagna. Um, it's a team-up story with Peter, Miles, and uh, Spider-Man India teaming up, uh, whose name is Pav- Pavatia Prabhakar, um, teaming up to fight a <laughs> this Mysterio. What? Holy shit. And as he said, who knew cultural appropriation could be so terrifying? Um, but it, it literally is just about like a really interesting angle, I thought, which is the responsibility of being like the Spider-Man of Mumbai, which is a huge fucking city. There's way more people to protect than New York. Uh, yeah. So that's like a really interesting how he has to like really balance his like what he's going to do. He can't be everywhere. That's the problem. It also introduces like versions of like um like uh lizard uh for for his world and everything. Um I believe there's also a tease of a what is a green goblin character, so um I'm not super familiar with the character before this, but I really enjoyed the book. I thought it was really great. So um you didn't get a chance to read this one, right? No, not this one, not India. Okay. All right. My next one is Spider Gwen, Shadow Clones, number Thanks. four. I have something unfortunate to announce that I'm attracted to Gwen Rhino. Yeah. I don't that'd know. Be okay. I, like the feet though is not cool, but no, the feet are cool. 
No, I know. I know it is. That's what I hate. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm here for it. Uh, written by Emily Kim, penciled by Kay Zama, inked by Oren Jr., and, le- and colored by Toronto Farrell with lettering by Ariana Mayer. Um, yeah, so in the previous issues, uh, Gwen Ock and Sand Gwen have been teaming up with Spider Gwen and fought the other three. They ended up getting captured. Most of this book is the villain's monologue. And basically, she determined what she's going to do is she she made a machine that if she puts Gwen in this machine and presses the button, it'll erase all the Gwens across the entire multiverse. Basically. Oh, shit. That's how mad she is at her. She tells the monologue the entire time while Gwynok and Sand Gwen try to escape their cage um, to help. And they manage to do so by tricking uh, Gwen Rhino, or Rhino Gwen. I think they call her Rye Gwen. Um into breaking them out because she's stupid. So, <laughs> like, so, yeah, there's one more issue, I'm pretty sure. And, uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Um, yeah, I, I like the villain twist on Quinn. I love it. And I'm really worried they're just going to erase all these characters at the end of the story. Which would be stupid. <laughs> they should, because she's, she's on Earth 616 so often, they should just be the heroes of her Earth for a while. You're muted, by the way. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah that, 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 that'd be a great idea. Yeah, like a like a you know friendly five because ah, there's five of them. <laughs> um, next up, Carnage fourteen, which is part five of seven of Carnage Reigns, written by Alex Pacnadel, uh, art by a friend Galan Federico Sabatini, colored by Eric Arcinega, and letter by Joe Sabino. You're not caught up in this yet either, right? No, not this one. Okay. Um. Carnage infected a whole bunch of people, basically, using his, like, digital thing. So he, um... (laughs) Basically, Red Goblin, Normie, determined that he can, um... He can remove the symbiote from people by touching them. Like, his symbiote will draw out other symbiotes, like a special power it has. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to cure these people, but he starts, like, wearing on him. He starts to look like he's, like, like, losing control a little bit. And Miles is like, you okay, man? And then Normie does this face. Oh, shit. No. Yes, exactly. So, and he's just like, listen, the only way to stop this is for me to absorb Carnage. And they're all like, that's a terrible idea, basically. Yeah, then you become Carnage. (laughs) Yeah, like, no. Um, Yeah, so basically it's just them trying to stop Carnage. um, And uh, the... Stark Sentinels show up to try to help, and of course they don't because they're awful. And uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, it is a thing. But basically, Carnage, in an attempt to recruit people who are willing to help him, sends half symbiote, half Stark tech suits to all these guys who've been talking on the message boards this entire time about how great Carnage is. Oh, shit. Yeah, they all get suits that show up and are like, want to help? So. We're going to have like a little carnage army in the next episode or issue, but there's only two left. So we'll see. Yeah. I'll be caught up by them for sure. Nice. And our final Spidey book is amazing. Spider-Man 27. Oh, I got man. two covers. And I want to explain myself. <laughs> Everything was sold out of my first store, except for this cover. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Mickey Iron Man cover in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> I went to my second cover and thankfully I found this one. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so... <laughs> um, the Pride variant, in case anyone was wondering. Um, 
Written by Zeb Wells, penciled by Ed McGinnis, inked by Mark Farmer, colored by Marcio Meniz, and lettered by Joe Caramagna. This is taking place in the aftermath of um, Kamala dying, and it's Peter dealing with a lot of guilt about it. Mm-hmm. But ironically, it's actually Norman dealing with even more guilt. Yes. Which, remember, if you remember, when we reviewed the, her death issue, I told you this is going to impact Norman than Peter, mm-hmm. more than Peter. And I, I knew that was going to happen. Uh, so yeah, Norman's dealing with that. He's also dealing with the fact that he killed Queen Goblin. And basically he's found legally not at fault for that, but he's just obviously still feeling it. But it fucking happens. So there's 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 guilt there for sure. Yeah. Just exactly. the law says no, like, yeah, oh my god. Now Daredevil went to jail when this happened, but whatever, I'm not gonna call that out. <laughs> so um and then so we got those two things happening. We got Peter teaming up with Black Cat, also feeling a lot of guilt. But then we get approached by the next story, which is Doc Ock's tentacles are separate of him. And he like tries to punish them and all this stuff for betraying him. It's really interesting. And they end up, (laughs) they end up going back to J Jonah Jameson who briefly wore them Um, (laughs) like a wounded puppy back to J Jonah Jameson. And if, if they stay with J Jonah Jameson and he like raises them, I would love it. (laughs) <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be the dumbest thing, and I would absolutely adore it. So, um, we also get a confirmation that Queen Goblin, despite dying, is not dead. Dead because because Ravencroft sucks so much. Yeah, they're like, oh, don't worry, we're going to cremate her, and it's like, we're not going to cremate her. Don't really do that shit. It's such a dumbass panel. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but like, so she's back, but I gather like a feral beast, like. The Doctor Kafka's not at home anymore. It's just the Queen Goblin, is what I gathered. Mm-hmm. I my thought process is, it you can't simply like the whole way, way they do it with the sins. Sins cannot simply be dumped on somebody and they're killed, and sins are just gone. Yeah. So I'm thinking this body's entirely animated by Norman's sins at this point. But at, at this point, yeah, like yeah, Cockcroft for sure is probably gone. And yeah, it's just like this. It, it, it's like it's like at least like what he says. That's like at least like the the theory of like these sins are like the uh, a sort of a, a self expressing malevolent, malevolent force. And it's like if these things can just like take off and go, that's that's fucked up. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, lot lot circling here um, between the the aftermath of Kamala dying. Um, Queen Goblin's back, Dr. Doctor Octopus and his tentacles, J. Joe Jameson, a lot going on. Uh, should be really interesting. So I, I really mm-hmm. liked it. Would you did you want to add anything? No, I mean it, it was um it was a good follow-up for for what had just happened. Just like at least like like Peter's just like is trying to cope with like just the event that just happened, but again, like it's Spider-Man, so a lot a lot has to be on his plate. And so there's a, a good a bunch of seeds being planted right now. Yeah, definitely. All right. Next up is uh, our X Men books, our Krakoa books. So I'll start with X Men or X twenty three Deadly Regenesis number four. I'll be very quick with this one. Written by Erica Schultz, art by Edgar Salazar, colored by Carlos Lopez, and letter by Corey Petit. Um, Laura is forced to do jobs for the facility, otherwise Kamora is going to kill a bunch of innocent people. Um, Laura keeps not killing people. When she doesn't have to. And when they tell her to kill people, she fakes the people's death and basically tells them to hide. So she refuses to kill on their behalf is what's happening. Um, there's a sh- there's a reveal of who the employer is at the end is what I'll say. I won't get too much into it, though. We'll talk about it next issue. So <laughs> next book. The Excellent, number four. 
This son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Did you read this one? No, but I had seen the synopsis, and then, well, the cover is also revealing. Well, not quite. Not quite. Okay. Not not yet, at least. Okay. Written by written by Peter Milligan, art by Michael Allred, color by Laura Allred, letter by Nate Pequest Blambot. Um, this is told from Hurt John's point of view. Oh, which is which is the one of Zeitgeist's people. Mm-hmm. He he can basically feel other people's pain. This is in the aftermath of Toodle Pip dying, because Zeitgeist is the goddamn worst character, <laughs> and I love Toodle Pip. Yeah, and Docs and Mirror Girl are like, we should kill him. And Mirror Girl's like, I don't know, I'm pretty stupid. <laughs> like, I'm not very good at standing up for myself. Zeitgeist nearly kills the doctor that's trying to bring Venus to Milo back to life. And the doctor's like, yeah, go ahead. No one else knows how to do this. And Zeitgeist is like, fuck you, and leaves. And then he tells Pood, which is dupe backwards in case anyone's <laughs> wondering. Basically, I'm going to kill that guy when we're done. Um, he's getting more... He starts like mildly transforming because of his popularity like he's about to achieve godhood oh shit yeah um we only see ecstatics for like three pages huh um they're basically like oh he starts a rumor that ecstatics has the dead body of kurt cobain (laughs) because they because he wants to or they want to clone him (laughs) and everybody's outside protesting (laughs) one one's holding a sign that says Smells like clone spirit. <laughs> so stupid. And there's one that's cut off that I swear to God says clone shaped heart. <laughs> yeah. Or clone shaped box, I'm assuming. So, yeah. Oh my God, I love this. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, long story short, Docs makes an attempt to kill Zeitgeist, nearly does. Zeitgeist pukes all over him, melts Docs, Docs is dead. Zeitgeist is running out of teammates. <laughs> Mirror Girl refuses to stand with Docs because she's a weak, spineless piece of shit. And then at the end, Zeitgeist achieves godhood. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's how it ends. So we'll see. Fuck. We'll see what's going to happen. So hopefully Venus to Milo comes back to life and immediately teleports him into the sun. That, that'd be great. Uh, that's what I had seen. I was like, oh, Venus to Milo's back. It was like, oh, sweet. That's what it happens. But I it's guess literally not. one. She's in one page in a tube, and that's it. Fuck. <laughs> But there's only one issue left. The next one's the finale, so... Gotcha. Yeah, we'll see. Next up is Rogue and Gambit, number four. Uh, this is turning into a really fun little series that I'm really enjoying, and more people should be reading. Um, written by Stephanie Phillips. Art by Carlos Gomez. Color by David Curran. Letter by Ariana Mayer. Yeah, it's dealing with all these kidnapped uh, supervillains, and um, yeah... It's it's just really really interesting. I think um, they're dealing really well with the relationship between Rogue and uh, Rogue and Gambit, and what's going on with their um, with with I, I guess with their marriage. And there's a lot of like weird stuff there. There's some like insecurity I think on Gambit's part. That might be me reading into some things. Um, it also has to do with um, it's also dealing with like the after effects of Knights of X. Which, if you remember, Gambit died oh. and was brought back to life, and they haven't really addressed that. Mm-hmm. And it seems to have really messed him up. Oh, for real! And he's just not bringing it up because he's Gambit, you know. Like, <laughs> so he's going to bury it. It also features a great text chain between him and Storm. <laughs> okay, 
where the very first message is Storm saying, I heard about your latest outing in New York. You were drinking instead of communicating. I suggest you see a therapist before your liver and rogue quit on you, Remy. What happened in the other world is truly traumatic, but shutting yourself down and isolating will not help anyone. Oh, shit. And his reply is, well, hello to you too, Storm. <laughs> I mean, kind of. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the bad guy ends up putting one of the gadgets on rogue to take control of her as well. Mm-hmm. And basically it's going to be rogue versus gambit and rogue has a bunch of people's powers so oh, shit he's very overpowered and that's the next issue so it's been fun i've actually really enjoyed this and it's really exploring their relationship and gambit's unwillingness to communicate and i, I think it's really well done i think it's an interesting angle and um yeah should be good all right now the two big Koa books we'll start with wolverine Jesus Christ. Fucking A, dude. <laughs> God, he's just the fucking worst. Um, <laughs> like, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Juan Jose Rip, colored by Frank Darmada, and letter by Corey Petit. We're not talking about Wolverine in case anyone's No, I'm talking about. No, he's a good boy. Actually, yeah. they're all about to be good boys. <laughs> Maverick is a good boy compared to this He's show. a good boy in this issue. Yeah. He does his best. Um, Beast is like, I'm a big piece of shit. And then he, <laughs> I mean, he kidnaps Jeff. He kidnaps Jeff Bannister, Wolverine's best friend, and basically is like, "Yo, let's let's have a meeting." And he's basically like, "I'll give you Jeff Bannister back if you give me the two clones of you that you've taken." And Wolverine's like, "Go fuck yourself." Um, the entire time, Beast is eating a seafood meal, dude, in the most disgusting graphic manner possible. It's so bad like from like the first chomp and it's like where are we going with this and it's like oh this is his power play and it's fucking disgusting and it's all about how people say he's changed but he's like i think i was always like this which it, it does bring a really great angle to the idea of like he's a beast mm-hmm like, what would you expect from a beast? Well, I, I started thinking this back is what on... what a beast would do, you know? Yeah, I started thinking back on, like, when Wolverine got his adamantium removed and he started getting more beastly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, almost yeah. like, they have to, like, revert back to how he... With the adamantium, like, sorry for the process again, but this is how you're normal now. This is how you, you can be normal, by constantly healing yourself. Yeah. So they're thinking about giving back the clones, and they discover something, which is that the clones they have of Wolverine are starting to speak very basically. And they're like, they weren't speaking before. Their healing factors must have kicked in and are slowly fixing their brains, which means Beast is surrounded by an army of Wolverines that That will inevitably turn on him. And if Beast's end is to be killed by an army of Logans ripped apart, this will all be worth it. (laughs) This will all be so worth it, dude. (laughs) But yeah, what did you think? Um, uh, wait, wait, let's just start that. A great reveal. Like, oh, that'd be so sad. That'd be so fucking satisfying. So poetic. Like this piece of shit that's like, oh, I'm, I'm smarter than everybody because I think I am. And then to just fall by one of the dumbest moves. Um, that, that's what I meant. There's about to be a lot of good boys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that that dinner scene, like, oh, my God. It was so disturbing, and, and and like thinking is like, oh, like what's he slurping on? Like what's next? Like the oysters and it's like the lobsters. Like he just, it was so on purpose. Just like trying to make it this like this power play like on Logan. And it's like I get they have history, but it's like it was never gonna work. But it's like for sure, pop off beast. Like Jesus, 
he's literally the worst. Like, there's been no redemption, and it's been throughout the whole Krakor era. <laughs> yeah, he is the worst, the fucking worst character in the X Men now. <laughs> I can't think of a villain I hate more. And their villains who have turned for the better. I like Fabian Cortez more than I like Beast. Dude, that's a lot, but I agree. <laughs> and he was always a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> it's the joke is he's a piece of shit. That's the whole point of the character. Yeah. <laughs> and I like Beast less now. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, dude. Fuck Beast. Moving on. <laughs> X-Men Red, number 12, our final issue. Oh, my gosh. And I know there's so much to talk about. So much else I really X-Men Red is just so badass. <laughs> it's so cool. Written by Al Ewing, art by Jacopo Camagni, colored by Federico Bli, and lettered by Ariana Mayer. First of all, John Ironfire's back, motherfuckers. Our timeline's first appearance. <laughs> yes. He's back for the first time. <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, this is focusing on the second coming of Apocalypse, essentially. Um, and Genesis returning. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really interesting. And in the end, with everything going on, which there was a lot going on, it was really interesting, really cool. I really liked it. It all comes back to like every X book mm-hmm. to Orcus. Dude. Orcus is literally attacking from every angle. And it's making me very scared. <laughs> it's like, yeah, at first it's like, oh, well, they're, they're the posing threat. Like, this is where we start. This is probably where we're going to finish. Like, I mean, and Slash Nimrod. Uh, but the fact that they're just like, they've been creeping from like, yeah, it's like from every fucking end. It's like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm fucking getting worried too. The X-Men don't have a threat right now that's not related to Orcus except Beast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beast, Literally. why don't you take care of Orcus? How about you fucking do that shit instead? I mean, that was his goal, but he sucks at it. He <laughs> sucks at it. Asshole. Anyways, yeah, I, I, it's a really great issue. Um, obviously, featuring all the characters we're very familiar with from X and Red, at least the ones that survived so far. Um, I, I continue to love the fact that Nova is involved in X Men. Uh, yeah, because if no one else is using them, why the fuck not? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just really cool, and obviously, you know, Storm is a badass and. Fisher King's really cool, and like it's just a really great collection of characters. And my my Bobby's there. I love Bobby, so yeah. Um, enjoyable. We're leaning into Fall of X. I'm very scared. I'm very curious to see what Apocalypse thinks when he gets back, because as the info page said, Genesis was not impressed. Nope. So, anything you want to add? Um, yeah, the motherfucking White Sword. I had missed him. Oh I, yeah. I think about him constantly since uh, Ten of Swords. His scene, his his his, uh, his actual challenge against um, Gorgon is still one of the fucking highlights of that fucking run of that event. It, it lives rent free in my fucking head. It's just he was menacing, so badass, and how and shout out to fucking Gorgon for handling it. Um, but the fact that in this one it was such a different light where he's like caring. Like at this point, it's like we have to see him in this way where because like he is running his own people. Um, and the fact that the, like this is where we get John Firestar was from the White Sword, like that would have been so cool to know back then. But this reveal now just makes more sense, and it's just like it's the way it's supposed to happen. Yeah. And then that moment of release, where we're just like, oh, like take the sword. It's almost like like t- take the sword of uh, of uh, of Troy. <laughs> it's almost like that scene. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, like he's like, no, I have to stay with you. And it's like I release you. And it's like, well, I mean, it, it sucks that he has to have his people like that, but. 
but it was cool. Where it's just like this one person at least like gets to carry on, and it's someone that we fucking love because he's a badass. Um, and the character I didn't expect to make it out of Sense of Sinister. No, I never, I never really expect to see that character again, especially not anytime soon. Right. And then I would know the capabilities of him. Like, holy fuck. Like, he has got nowhere to go but up. Um, I, I like when he showed up to um, the 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 night council or the the, the, seats, the seats of the night. Yeah. Um, and, like, I was, like, kind of a pissy match where it was, like, I've lived more harsher realities than, than you have. And it's, like, no, we, we all have. And then, like, that, that all kind of came together um, in a peaceful manner. Or even he apologized. Like, like I, like, I like what he said about the Fisher King where it's, like, um, I apologize. A warrior's rest is still known war. And it's, like, yeah, bro. Like, just because he's not fighting now doesn't mean he hasn't. Um, it's, it's all really fucking good. And then Genesis, <sighs> Fuck, I'm scared. I've been wanting the big ah back and now I kind of don't. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll see, but yeah, really great end of the week of comics. Yes. Uh, what else have you been reading? Um, I haven't read these yet, but I have to show them off so I can actually, so they can actually be completed. Um, and since we have time, um, let's see, let's start with these completing kind of the sinisters. Alex Ross Thomas covers. We got the vulture. Hell yeah. And we got your boy, Marco. Uh, Marco. My boy. <laughs> I'm, ju- I'm just missing the very first timeless cover, which was uh, um, Green Goblin. And then I'll have all the sinisters slash all the t- all the timeless covers. This one was from Hulk 14. Nice. Abomination. Oh, that's great. Looks so good. This one was ridiculous. I love it from Deadpool 6, which I'm actually excited for because Deadpool 6 is one of those highlight like date ones. Yeah, yeah, the fucking Vol Man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, excellent. That's a great Deadpool choice. It is right. <laughs> and now for the big baddies, um, the uh, Sins of Sinister Dominion. Speaking of him, Big Guy himself. Oh yeah, he's so good. He's so fucking great. Yeah. And now for the Avengers MCU baddies, <laughs> uh, Thor thirty three. We got classic Loki. Nice. Yes. Uh, this this one I will be <laughs> I will be reading the first issue at least Warlock Rebirth with Thanos. Yep. And then for my future uh, big big MCU event from Avengers Assemble Omega, the big 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 boy. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> it's the whole page is just a it space. was so, it was so smart to do that. <laughs> it really was. I can just see so much bigger. I love it. And I love for, Alex Ross does Galactus too. Yeah. And now for actual stuff that I have caught up on. Um, was a bunch of endings that I've been so fucking behind on, like Hitomi number five, so fucking good. Yes. The spin on the end, on like the way they carried the way the story. I mean, the way the story could carry on was very well done. I, I like yeah. the twist. You see what I meant by that? Like this is probably the ending, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be right. right. But oh man, as it's like as these are fugitives. Oh fuck. Okay. Anyway, and and piggybacking off of that genre, samurai doggy. Dude, yes. I fucking love this book so goddamn much. It's so great. Samurai the is insane. It's so fucking cool. <laughs> it's such a badass book. The fight scenes are just insane, and people should be more people should be reading it. Uh, speaking of endings, whew, all against all, bro. This was great. I would fucking like. It's like again, like not everything has to be, but this is one of those where it's like I would love fucking like a true sci-fi movie out of this shit like would be so fucking cool to see just because of like all the crazy stuff that happens like going from body to body um but down to the ending like ah oh, i just i love that type of ending that sad loner ending it's just oh it was a fucking killer book loved it i would i would like to see it given to a an anime studio to a what to, to an anime studio Ooh, actually yeah 
done in like one of those high tech styles, like uh, Amphlex. I would totally take that Post for sure. Or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I don't want. Um, the Heartbreaker. Little Monsters, bro. <laughs> Little Monsters. <laughs> dude. Uh, very well done. A very, very great vampire story on kids like we you you never get kid vampire stories and this was just very well done and if you do there's one yeah there's one kid vampire mm-hmm. it's claudia or you know like yeah, exactly <laughs> not a group it's really interesting uh and of course i had to catch up on uh house of slaughter 15 <sighs> jace when you found out when you fucking found when you finally found out that was just it was hard it's heartbreaking and then like and the, and the kid turning to that that heartbreak alone where it's like i love how he was just like very much like these are my kids not like super possessive but it's like he really fucking cared for them as like as their father figure to right. try to live this better life just let's be honest being on the run it sucks that these kids will never actually have a home uh but he was gonna do his best and this one kid to just break his heart oh and like this the, the butcher house is just they're sinister as fuck they're sinister as hell um and then lastly these, these two back-to-backs not necessarily an ending but at the very least um book a book i've been wanting to catch up on and what's the furthest place from here 12 and 13 dude 13 fucked me up so, so the zoo episode uh, issue yeah the thir- 13 fucked me up dude that that fucked was up, isn't it? that was not cool i was really light on my spoilers because i was like i you need to experience this because it's fucked up it really was because like it is that type of storytelling where it's like oh we're, we're coming back like the, where, where it's like the day starts over and like the the, the where, it's, where it tells it in a routine fashion so yeah i, I appreciate it thank, thank you for holding back but like fuck yeah th- this one fucked me up dude <laughs> this fucked me up. Yep. oh man i fucking love this goddamn book i love what's it's the first so place good. from here so good uh so yeah so i'm not really reading anything on the side it's mostly catching up on stuff that i should have been talking about already uh so those are the books i've actually been reading cool i finished guards guards by terry pratchett it's fucking great um they dropped almost every terry pratchett book as an audiobook all at once like three days ago they're all up now and i have no credits (laughs) i'm like i'm like damn it i want them all um, I think they're even free somewhere. I thought I saw a link from his official Twitter where mm-hmm. it might be free. I'll double check if so. Great. Um, if not, I'm going to use my credits on them anyways because I wanted to sell. So uh, really, really enjoyed that. That was a really great book. Um, been watching a lot of TV and stuff. Not a lot of reading. But Hustler already knows I got a special delivery this week of a long-awaited Kickstarter. And I'm going to show it off on the show a bit. Yes. Do it. Oh my god, so good. The Die RPG book. So cool. So it's thick as hell. That's awesome. Like, this is not a tiny book. Mm-hmm. All of the art is done by Stephanie Hans all throughout the book. Ah! Yeah. And so it's really cool. It's, um... With, like, with like, like new art or just, like, stuff, like, taken from, like, the pages? Both. Okay, cool. Yeah, and so there's a lot in here about the different, um classes about the lore of the world about how everything works it's so much fun and it's it's just really really interesting i really really like it and um, yeah, that's a campaign i would fucking jump on in a second yeah there's also like there's a comic at the beginning is what i'll say oh <laughs> that's not not something you've seen before so, <laughs> it's really really good i loved it it came with this mm-hmm. yeah give me the extra goods so the dice box oh, that's so cool and the dice uh there are there's only one d10 because there's only one d10 in the game 
they don't have two D ten, so they never roll a hundred D one hundred. Okay. So there's only one D ten, which is really cool. Uh, I like the D twenty quite a bit. It's really nice. It's really nice. So I'm uh, very excited about this. Like I was telling you, because of the, the 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 color scheme, like I was telling you, like that that D six won me over. Where it's like I like that Chuck was like, oh fuck, I'll get the I'll get the basic die, but and I, then he wore it as an earring, and that's a cool touch. That would be a badass earring. Yeah, definitely. And then I got uh, a DM screen. Oh uh, yeah, that's so cool. Just like, I'll give you a full. Uh, there we go. So yeah. Oh, oh, that, oh that, those hands are so cool. And <gasps> then this side. Oh, cool! And all the info. All the rules you need. So. That's so fucking cool, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna. I've been reading it. Mm-hmm. That's all I've been really been reading this week. Nice. It's going to take me a while to get used to it because it's a completely different gaming system. Oh, I can imagine. But, uh, but maybe we could do something with certain POV. That'd be fun. That'd be hella fun. So. But yeah, that's pretty much all I've been reading. Like I said, it's 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 been it. I've uh, been watching a lot of TV. Amanda's catching up on stuff. Uh, she caught up on Shadow of Moan, so that helped a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Got that out of the way. And uh, just playing a lot of games. Been having fun. There was a new Disney Dreamlight Valley update, so I've been doing that. <laughs> Got the fairy godmother. Anyways, um, so yeah, that's it. Uh, anything else before we wrap up? Um, no, I'm just so happy to be holding current comics in my hand finally. <laughs> right. Yeah, awesome. Well, those are the issues that we had this week. Make sure to check us out on Twitter. You can find me at WHI Podcast Keith. You can find our producer list at WHI Podcast Liz. You can find Josue at Josue Reads Josue. You can find this show at WHI Podcast on Twitter. That is the best place to keep track of what is going on on the show. Every Saturday morning, you should get a tweet list from us with a link to the episode, a complete list of all the issues that we've reviewed, and timestamps for each individual publisher to make it as easy as possible for you to read or for you to listen to what you are looking for. Um, make sure to also follow us on Twitter at Jukebox Vertigo. This is our other podcast. is a musical playlist building podcast that go, comes out every other week on a Monday morning. Uh, me, Josue, our co-host Amanda, and some friends and special guests show up, build the playlist based on a randomized category, and we put it out there for you to see on every major streaming service. Uh, Josue also does a listen party for each episode where he lists all the songs added. We are, because of his work schedule, behind a couple episodes of the Listen Party. So we're going to have one big Listen Party at some point. It's going to be awesome. The best, way, the best way to find out when is to follow us at Jukebox Vertigo. Also on the Certain POV Discord, which is our network for, for Jukebox Vertigo. And man, that it's just a great Discord. We have so much fun on there. <laughs> um, we just goof off, talk about things. Um, like, for instance, when John Romita passed, there was a bunch of people talking about that. Oh. And like all kinds of stuff. It's really cool to have like a community to talk to. So, and not have to worry about Twitter trolls. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, once again, follow us at Jukebox Vertigo. You can follow Josue on Twitch for those listen parties at Josue Plays Josue. And you can follow Certain POV at Certain POV on Twitter, as well as in the Discord link in that uh, profile. It's very easy and a lot of fun and a safe place for all. That's it. Don't forget to backboard and box your new treasures, and we'll see you next week with a new batch of beautiful books. Stay safe and read more comics. Mm-hmm.